powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California and the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azle, Texas. It's episode 277 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome Pete Johnson of Tatawai Cigars, Abe the Babner of Smoke Inn, and Les Mann of Coles of London S.T. DuPont as our special guest as we discuss the upcoming Tatawai Anarchy NFT project. And as always, the Primetime Show is brought to you by Saga Cigars. Dayless Race introduced another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing idea of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celez carries a blend of Coyolo Allure and Loto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Clara wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark oil Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company. It's headquartered in Miami, Florida, manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, unapologetic, Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest and darkest and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The Old Maduro Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, is sponsored by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime, Episode 277. Today is Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. Yes, we're doing the Primetime Show on Tuesday night, just to confuse everybody, but yeah. it's Will Cooper here on the here on the, uh, the black stage of the Perdomo Cigar Studios. And let me introduce uh, my crew first. Uh, of course, uh, coming over from Thursday night, the uh, the regular host of Primetime, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing good. Doing good. And uh, uh, I see you yeah. didn't trade Bear today, so he's on the show. We didn't trade Bear. Yeah, we didn't trade Bear. <laughs> you know, we got offers for him. Let me tell you, after. Right. His big interview on Thursday night uh, to Sunday night with Nicholas Perdomo, uh, the third, <laughs> there were offers. I can tell you yeah. that. Uh, but, but of course, um, our, our regular host on Tuesday nights is uh, Bear Duplissy. And um, he is, of course, here tonight. So, Bear, I, I, uh, I know it's a little confusing, but uh, welcome. I, I, I absolutely know exactly who I am, so I'm not confused about any of that. He's Aaron Lewis. He's Les Man. He's Pete Johnson. He's, of course, Honest Dave DeBabna. You're Will Cooper. 
just yeah. for everyone keeping score at home. I'm Absolutely. happy to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. No, I mean, we usually had this as a special edition show, and then we ended up booking that other special edition show tomorrow, and it didn't make sense to do it. They're so, all special. Coop, who the fuck right. are we? So we just, we just rebranded it so we don't have to do the same segments again. Um, it just made it easier. And then Aaron and I don't have to do a Thursday show that way. So it kind of worked out. So, uh, and plus, I think this is a big enough show where we, like the caliber of this we have tonight and, and what we're going to be talking about tonight. I think it's worthy. Way to boost my self-esteem. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> you, you know, I could still take those trade offers I got, you know? <laughs> you pass them to waivers a little bit. I can still take those trade offers. <laughs> uh, but hey, let's let's go without further. Let's get, we'll get, let's get our panel in here uh, tonight because we have a lot of exciting things to talk about. Um, What's first? Uh, I'm going to just uh, go in alphabetical order. We have Abe the Babner of Smoke In. Abe, welcome tonight. Uh, happy to be here, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, I know you kind of really helped organize this tonight, so uh, much appreciated to you on that. So you did a uh, great job for us on that. Um, From Tatuai Cigars, Mr. Pete Johnson. What's up? I was actually oh. wondering if you're going by first name for alphabetical or last yeah, name. Exactly. So I'm glad you got say. it. The last name. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's all good. Okay. And a, a guy I've known for a long time. Um, I'm really glad it's the first time we've had him on the show here. A longtime friend um, and just uh, wonderful to have him tonight. Mr. Les Mann, Coles of London. Thank, Le- thanks for having me. Hey, Pete, I agree with you. I thought he forgot about me and I was going to be after Abe. So, uh, <laughs> but- well, actually, you know, when they, they have that last name in the credits, it's like the big guy. You know, it's a big step. The, and less man. OK, I'll go with yeah. that. You're the host. <laughs> so, no. So, uh, though, Gless, L- L- Les is the only person getting, you know, getting compliments tonight. So, <laughs> I mean, I, bear, bear, I bear, bear on waivers the the I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting posted on waivers, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, that's by good. the way. Bear, are your 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 offers are they sanctioned offers? I mean, is this a real deal? <laughs> I you you'll have to ask the commissioner over here. I have no idea. I didn't even yeah, know. I, was I, was the, I didn't even know I was on the train block. <laughs> <laughs> the commissioner I always has to listen to offers, Bear. You know that. I listened That's to the true. offers, but they but but after <laughs> Sunday night, Bear, I couldn't. I mean, that Res- audience respect. you pulled in, the Sunday night audience you pulled in was unbelievable. On the ten thirty at night, Bear had like over two thousand people tuned into the show. I'm telling you, it was. Uh, it was really good to see that. Nah. <laughs> oh, that a lot. That had a lot to. That had a lot to do with the the Nick Nick and his incredible family. They, yeah, they, the, they, uh, they rallied. They rallied the army. So wow, it was a. Uh, it was oh, it was all good. Hey, Les, for folks who may not know you, since this this is the first time you are on the show, I'd like for you to introduce yourself and kind of what your role is um over with Coles of London and, and with the St. Dupont brand. I work for Abe, actually. Everybody works. Uh, so I've been um, I've been in the industry since 2000. And I um, right now I'm in charge of vice president of sales. Coles of London is the distributor for SC DuPont Paris. So I oversee all of the sales, our sales force. And I get involved with all the the collaboration deals, which I love. I'm, I, I love doing license deals and and co-branding things like that, like the old. Uh, James Bond projects and the Leroy Neiman project, stuff like that. So I um, love the industry, love the people involved. And um, I have a particular fondness, especially um, back in 2000, 2002 for both Abe and Pete that I met early in my career. And I'm 
I'm really honored that not only SC DuPont has this project, but me personally got to work with Abe and Pete on this project. Oh, that that's great. Um, that's great. And there's, like I said, a lot of um, history with the DuPont brand, you know, I, um, uh, with collaborations. And we'll definitely get into some of that as well. Um, I know we talked about on the pre-show what we were drinking, but why don't we just go quickly around the horn if folks are smoking or not. If you're smoking, just let us know. So, uh, Les, are you smoking tonight? No, I'm not, but I'm drinking uh, Hint Watermelon Water. <laughs> he, really is, he, he really is trying to promote that. Yeah, so, so by the way, first time on the show and probably first time with not a McAllen or a drink in, there, in my hand, but uh, it's probably going to be my last time on the show, too, I guess. No. no, no. Uh, Pete, how about you? What are you uh, smoking? Well, I'm I'm smoking a a barrel aged uh, series P, but I'm going to move on to a pale horse when I'm finished this one. So, Very and nice. I'm drinking a uh, barrel sample of rare character. Nice. How about you, Abe? Uh, I'm drinking just a simple Macallan 15. And um, I pulled out from our archives. This was a uh, a TGS twenty twenty one drop that Pete had, uh, gave us of uh, a CQ two. Yep. So this is actually smoking phenomenally tonight. So I'm glad I dug through my humidor and saw this. This is perfect. So this is working out great tonight. Nice, nice. Bear, what do you got? Uh, I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking to Vison Reposado Tequila, and a lot of regrets. <laughs> I'm Mexican, Pete. It's fine. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sparkling water. I am going to use my St. Dupont uh, Mini Jet Lighter to light up uh, this uh, what uh, cigar. I'm very excited about uh, the Latelier Roxy. Ooh. It was just announced nice. and released at the PCA trade show a couple weeks ago. So very nice. And I'm dropping my cigar. Look at the media <laughs> expertise. He actually even tells you what he's going to light it with. Yes. <laughs> All right. I feel yeah, like we're... I need to go get a Dupont lighter. I know I have more than a few here. Yeah. But uh, they're too far away. So <laughs> gone too far. Aaron, what about you? Uh, I have a Kahunu 2012 Cafe Special and uh, a nice Michelada with some olive, Spanish olives in there. So, What is that? Yeah. What's actually in that? It's basically uh, beer, Mexican beer, and uh, a spicy kind of tomato juice. Um, yeah. So. so it's like a beer. Or, yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Ordinary. So. It's like a, it's a super good like summer refreshing. And drink. what do you call that? Michelada. Michelada. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. Um, I went with a. I didn't have an old school anarchy, but I had an apocalypse, which is the oh. Connecticut Broadleaf cousin of that the is, of the anarchy. I don't know. Uh, where you can, this, that this, out of. this is from 2012. I can tell you that, and you can see look the, the cello. look at the cello. So this is my last one. I know. Uh, I've kind of gone through these. Um. So I really enjoyed this as much. And I have Vietnamese coffee, um, which will keep me going. So, But um, with all due respect through, to Les. Through, I, next, through next Tuesday. Yeah. Now, Les, with all due respect, I do have a DuPont lighter, but I do have this Anarchy Zippo that my dad had given me. After he saw me smoking an Anarchy uh, once, he tracked this down and he got it for me. So 
I only use this when I smoke uh, the Anarchy cigars or the Apocalypse and stuff. So I saw it's, that. Super cool. Yeah. No, yeah. Excuse accepted. That's okay. Yeah. No, it does. <laughs> so, Don't do it again. Uh, that's all right. Uh, you know, I do take a learner <laughs> program for the line twos, too. So <laughs> we have a full program with that. So. <laughs> All right. All right. So, hey, so uh, appreciate everyone getting here. So what I wanted to do is to kind of go for, you know, we have folks who are on this show for, uh, you know, there's a lot of new smokers who may not have been around when the actual Tatawahe Anarchy Project started. Um, So what I want to do is I want to get into a little of the history of this project and uh I, and I'll turn this back over to Abe and Pete a little more. But but the genesis of this project, is, I think it's important because. I've talked to Abe about this and Pete, and this is probably as far as a store exclusive goes. It's it's probably been the most impactful, and that's going to be very important when we get into the NFT. Uh, as far not as according story. to Dojo, not not according to Dojo. Well, it wasn't on my decade list either, You're but but I, I didn't I didn't include single store releases either. But never, never gonna let that go. Never. <laughs> yeah, I, but I don't get blamed for it. It's funny I didn't have it on my list either because I don't do single store either. But um, it did. But but the anarchy was a top five cigar for me in 2011 so it was on my list it was an impact um but abe tattoo anarchy who kick our egg was it pete's idea or came to you with this or vice versa how did this start um no okay. i went to i went to pete with the idea we wanted to do something special at the time for our 15th anniversary um i had had a long-standing friendship with pete in fact i i, I believe we were the first retailer in florida that had bought in uh, Pete's line. Um, and yes, sir. Um, I just really wanted to team up with Pete to create something special. I remember being in the back office and talking about it. And um, I can't remember how we came up with Anarchy, but it just kind well, of. Well, you did. You yeah. did. And I was, I was, I was actually bummed that you <laughs> came up with it first. Because it, it's fitting for a Tantawai name, but when, when he said, I got a, a great name, Anarchy, I'm like, fuck. I didn't think of it first. Yeah, I don't know how we evolved to it at the time. I don't remember, but I remember when we actually said how cool it would be to, to put the Anarchy logo over that first A in, 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 in the Tantawai um, name. And, um, you know, honestly, kudos to Pete at the time, because I really don't think he realized what he was getting into, um, <laughs> really, because we just kind of ran with it. And we started building these websites and not telling people what it was about. And this was like an eight-month marketing campaign. Um, I think we started like in the spring of 2010, and Anarchy didn't come out till the very end of the year. Yeah. And most, most people didn't even know what it was about. So, um, you know, Pete was just getting caught off guard left and right by, by things that we just kept putting out there marketing. And I mean, lo and behold, I remember when I, when I placed the opening order, it was for 1,500 15 count boxes. And like Pete thought I was insane. And we, we joked about this because we did an interview. You know, that was the biggest bill I've ever seen. That bill was like more than what I pretty much probably opened our first store with. So um, it was a little deafening, but I just had a lot of confidence. I'd already turned the cigar. In fact, I got to dig it up. I have the cigar that you sent me, Pete with mm. your handwriting on it that said don't smoke this cigar this is not the blend but this is the size i'm thinking about making so it really was just like the perfect storm of everything coming together and you know this is like pre-facebook pre-social media and you know we were 
a fraction of what we were as far as an organization in my company. And this cigar to have gotten 1500 boxes um, was absurd. And um, sure enough, I'll never forget. I was, at the, I was working late at night and uh, it went live midnight, Black Friday, Thanksgiving, right before the, the release, which was actually December 10th, I believe. And um, it, we were so inexperienced, it crashed our site. And before Pete's bill was due, we had sold enough product to basically cover the bill. And I was like, oh, my God. Thank, thank God. Thank Jesus. Thank, <laughs> thank Jesus. God. That was a big invoice for me, too. I mean, thank Jesus. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then, and then, you know, this is December. And then in January, I, uh, somebody, you know, at first I thought it was a joke from Playboy magazine reached out to us. Yeah. And they were interested in doing an article. And they wanted me to send them a couple of cigars. And at first I thought it was a ploy. For somebody who just wanted a couple free boxes, you know, I, I did a little research. I found that this was somebody who was legitimate. Pete actually, I think, had met him or knew of him. So we actually sent them a couple boxes, and sure enough, in the in the February or March issue, I believe it was, um, they had wrote an article. And knowing this and the way that Anarchy had already gone, I already reached out to Pete and said, "Look, we're going to need more." So for what we were in as an organization back then, I think we were three locations at the time, no real fulfillment center, you know, barely ma doing mail order. Um, it was an astronomical single store release, 3,000 boxes. I mean, just, yeah. it's just absurd. I mean, I don't think I could do a 3,000 box release of something today. I mean, that's how ah, this was. I think you're downselling yourself. I think you, you're you great at what you do. But uh, I have a question, Abe. Do you remember who wrote the article? Because, you know, Playboy, Playboy, Richard Carlton Hacker wrote a lot of stuff for Playboy. So I'm wondering if it might have been him. I have the magazine up here. I'm, I can, I can. <laughs> you'll break it. your, just, you'll break, you, you just happen to have it. Backdrop. You just happen to have it, yeah. But <laughs> I would look reach. it up and find no, out. <laughs> I would look it up and find out, but it was, the article is actually titled Not Your Grandpa's Cigar. And um, it was amazing. And it just really put this whole thing on the map. I think it forever changed, like what store releases were going to be. And then, you know, Pete was really awesome with us. Let us kind of follow it up into like a whole series of cigars. So yep. um, we came out two years later with Apocalypse, which coincided with the Mayan calendar, which Coop, you're smoking now. Yep. And it's still smoking great, by the way. It's 2012, which, yep. which um, basically kind of was a red box and it kind of mimicked the end of the world, according to the Mayan calendar. And then we did a redux in 2015 or 16. Yep. Of, of anarchy which was only 666 boxes i mean that's the last time anyone's seen this vitola the original og size and then in 2020 right before the world shut down yep um we were right before the other apocalypse yeah right before a <laughs> literal apocalypse almost um we released the chaos which was a toro version of of the cigar which sold out um, so to have this project come back to life in this fashion with this really not just incredible art that was created. I mean, th there's one of the pieces right there. I mean, incredible art that was created by a local artist who has been a dear friend of mine of 20 years. Um, but to include this utility of, of unique, amazing, one-of-the-kind pieces that S.T. DuPont got involved in, Zycar, it just really is in a phenomenal way for this cigar not now to really thrive and at least be available on some level every year because 27 years in this business i'm telling you we still get emails all the time from people 
some people who are just getting into this culture and lifestyle and hearing about the cigar hey you know we heard this cigar was made for you do you have any I'm like bro i haven't seen any in like eight years <laughs> so um it's nice to have this reborn and available even though it's going to be limited and in limited quantities but it's better than not having it at all so i i think this was a a, a phenomenal project and i really think everybody involved in making this happen pete and sd dupont and the fine folks over at quality importers because pete will tell you i've bugged him on multiple occasions to try mm -hmm. to make this an annual release and you know do it way more often than it's been done it's just you know i respect pete and i understand it you know, his commitments, his timeline, his production schedule, and his availability of stuff like this. So this was really semi-selfish on my part to at least say, hey, at least I know that now that I'll, I'll have 60 boxes a year. So it's yep. very cool. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you if you ever thought about increasing the production or taking it national, actually, because it was so successful. Uh, we've talked about it a couple of times. Never happened. <laughs> okay. You know, before we kind of, we're going to, I want to get into the NFT stuff in, in a second, but Pete, this size—it's a—I mean—it's a—it's a unique size. What was kind of the inspiration for this? Because the apocalypse size is, is analogous to this. What is the, what was the inspiration for this size for the anarchy? No, I mean honestly, the the mold set that we use for the anarchy, the original anarchy, is the same mold set that we use for the Avion Eleven, but okay. we shave a little bit off the head. Do the crazy long honey bun of a head right yeah cap to it and then we we chop a little bit off the foot so it's more of a open yeah for lack of better words open uh open bulb i guess uh where it it doesn't come close to that 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 fine point like the avions do obviously much different blend but um yeah the the size i just wanted to create something different and new and that's where we get back to, like, when we did the chaos, it was really about, okay, I don't want to do the original size because we've done it a couple of times already. What can I do? And I took uh, a 109 mold and I did the same thing with the head where I had that kind of like that weird bellicoso head, did the top to it and then cut the foot. So it's, it looks like a Toro, but it's got that tapered head to it, which is a classic 109 cap. Um, yeah. the. Uh, it was really about creating something different. And I think Abe actually led into the inspiration of, of what he wanted. He definitely wanted a perfecto size. And I just wanted to make it as cool looking as possible. Yeah. It was a fun project the first time, but like Abe said, it, it scared the hell out of me because it was a big, a big production. And the factory, when I told him I needed that many cigars with those long, honey bun heads to them they looked at me a little strange so that was kind of a first for the factory too they weren't doing things like that so it uh you know i get to play in the garcia's factory you know so they they give me the the permission to walk into that factory and pretty much do anything i want but i i still hold that line of respect of it's their place not mine sure um luckily you know obviously there's a family connection <laughs> so i get i get away with a lot <laughs> But it, it's really about creating just something different. And, uh, you know, when we came out with Anarchy, originally it was, it was just kind of like, whoa, what, what the hell is going on? I'll be honest, when, when he made it live, I started getting like emails and calls from retailers asking me if I was starting a clothing line, if I was starting some other thing, like what was it? And I couldn't really say anything. 
because we were trying to keep it a secret for as long as possible. We, we, we literally sent out a URL. We just put it out there. A URL that took people to a website that showed it to Twahi logo that lightning hit and metamorphosized into an anarchy logo. And then it said, join the anarchy. That's it. That's all people knew about. Nothing else. And that went on for months. I turned my virtual off. I, look, one of the things Maya was concerned. So the Twahi Anarchy launched our microblend series, which I think we're on number 20 or 21 right now. But it was our first. It was it was the, the first thing. And my concern was as a retailer, I didn't want any consumer to 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 have any kind of doubt that this was something that was blended and made specifically for us. I didn't want them to say, oh, this is just another, this is just this cigar from this right. company with another label on it. That was my concern. That's why I kind of went to PSA. Look, I want to make sure this is apparent, that this is not just an, a cigar in your regular production we threw a band on. And that's where this whole concept of coming up with a size that was extremely unique. And I took my virtual thing off because I wanted to show Pete, because I mentioned it twice. Look what I got, bro. So this was no. the actual. So this is the actual cigar he sent me a year prior when working on. I was considering this shape with a pigtail. <laughs> don't smoke. <laughs> what do you think? Don't don't smoke it. It's not the blend. Let me know what you think. He sends me a cigar which I've never smoked. Like you said, it does not have the the you know, I guess you know the well known anarchy pigtail on it. But this is what he sent me, and this is what we went back and forth until we came with this unique size. And I still got it, Pete. I, you know, from two thousand. Yeah, you can actually see on that cigar that the head is more pointed. It's a pointed head, yeah. Because we yeah. we shave off a little bit to make that a little bit less pointy, and then put that honey bun on top. Yep. But it was something we both really wanted to make special, and it resonated. It resonated with his fans. It resonated with cigar consumers. When people tried it, they liked it. And I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I, I smoked one. My wife and I shared one of the NFT cigars from the the, the display humidor we had over there. And you only smoked one. I, I only smoked one, man. I, I really did. And Brandy and I shared it to boot. But I'm gonna. You can see. You, you can I, see the new head, though. I know so the head. The head is. You can see where that is chopped off at the top, and then we put the honey one on top. I, I literally said I can't remember how great this blend was. <laughs> God, this cigar was good, and we enjoyed it. But it, it, you know, the heart and the inspiration paid off, and it resonated. And I just thought, um, coming off of what Lafleur did, this, this is the cigar to do a project like this with. And you know, honestly, I, I, I haven't said it enough, but kudos to the Lafleur guys, um, John and 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 Tony Jr. and everybody have been really integral in helping us navigate this and and even now i was just on the phone with john carney yesterday helping me even take it to another level that they didn't even do so they've been amazing so really a much thanks to everybody over the floor dominicana nice i wanted to i wanted to go back to what you were saying just about how and pete disagreed and i imagine there's a lot of people in the chat where they would disagree with too that you, you know it's a three thousand box water which I mean, yeah, Nick Nistig got it. It's that's a pretty massive, uh, you know, single store release uh, order and everything. But I mean, you said you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to do it again, or you you don't think you could. I mean, do what you do? You think you just caught lightning in a bottle, or was it just no, it was just the I time think, in the market? I'm just I interested. Think, what made you say that? No, I, I know we wouldn't do a three thousand box release of anything today. It just it's not feasible. It'd be around for years and years. 
Um, I, I think it was just the timing of everything. It was one, the way it was marketed, the way it was put out. At the time we did it, there were very few people doing store releases, right? Yep. Um, you know, today it's become all common. You know, I mean, I could name you a half a dozen off the top of my head from one manufacturer. Forget, you know, any manufacturer. So the store releases have become now very common and whatever. So, you know, it's changed. But I think at the time uh, of where it was, and especially without like the the the, the resource of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the stuff we have today, um, it was just the timing of it made it really extremely special. I think that's really what it was. I think it'd be very hard for anybody to repeat that, including ourselves today. You know, some things just aren't repeatable. You know, it's very hard to repeat. It has to do with timing and culture at the moment of, of, of the occurrence. And I think this is one of those projects. Yeah, that's... yeah but a Abe's marketing behind it from day one was uh, was a complete mystery for a lot of people. So that he, he really drove the... Uh, he drove the train on that one because it, it, the marketing that he did with the website and the secret, the secrecy of what was going on. And he would have in the videos on, on the website, there'd be, Abe would be somewhere in this anarchy scene somewhere uh, because it would, what would it, it would ping, right? Every once in a while, it would every ping couple of weeks, every couple of weeks, we had this rotating globe on the website and every couple of weeks, a new red dot would appear on the globe. And when you clicked on it, it would show, the city and some anarchy scene, whether it's some real riot photo we used or whatever of something that really happened in the world. Um, and then we would just superimpose myself holding an anarchy cigar hidden somewhere in there. I mean, and at the end of the day, look, the marketing was really good. The excitement level was really good, but it would, it would have all flopped really if the product wasn't there at the end of the day. So that was all done derivative on the fact that we were very confident about this blend as a team, we loved it. So we had no fear of blowing it up and getting people excited about it because we felt that when it finally landed in consumers' hands, we were gonna deliver something special, which is what ended up happening and why, you know, 15 years later, 15 years, we're still talking about this cigar. Yep, so the NFT concept, I wanna kind of go to all three of you. What are your thoughts? I know, Abe, we'll get into yours when your thoughts are pretty well known about it, but I want to definitely talk about this. But let me, last Pete, first, what, NFTs, like, what do you guys think of it in general? I still don't understand it. I'll be honest. I don't, I still, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I really don't understand it. However, <laughs> I remember going to meet Abe. I thought we were talking about inventory in our business. He said, sit, sit down. And he just laid out this whole plan of what his vision is, who he's working with, all this stuff. And to me, it really was about the NFT. And listening to Abe just talk about anarchy, the marketing behind it, to me, is just, it's everything about Abe. And I knew, and I talked to Pascal, who was with me from Paris, saying, I know the Tatuaje brand, and I know Abe, the let's call it the marketing person behind this, we're doing this deal, Right. So to me, I, you know, 60 boxes for your life, if, the, if they go out of business, there, there's a lot of stuff behind it that, I, that, a, that I've learned from Abe. But at the end of the day, my 100% uh, involvement with this 
was sitting down in, in, in the in the Boynton store with Abe outlining everything. And a matter of fact, I and he told me to keep it quiet. This is so good, keep it quiet. And Abe's Abe's not a small guy, right? So I'm a little scared I'm gonna talk. Right. I don't say anything. I see right. Pete, I see Pete in March at it at Casa de Campo, and I'm afraid to talk to Pete about it because <laughs> I think retailers are going to say, oh, what's less up to now? Less is dealing with Pete. And then I think one time I went by Pete and I just said, Big Abe's on it. Like, that's all I said. Like, besides <laughs> DuPont and Charlotte and my wife, I and it's hard for me to keep secrets, right? But I knew I had all the confidence in doing this. And we'll talk about the product later because Abe, because the brand Tatawahe and Abe behind it and how he laid it all out. It was, you know, what do they say? You had me at hello. You know, I'm, right. sure, I'm sure Pascal France, France said we can leave now. I'm in. You know, right. it was. So that's what I, by the way. So, so Coop, that's what I know about NFTs. Right, right. No, it's like, Gus is probably more than I do already. I just want uh, to add to this that that whole thing was very serendipitous. Les had a meeting here with Pascal. They weren't here to meet me. They were having no. a side. I walked up and, you know, I've known Les for 20 plus years. Um, and I walk up just to say hi. And we sit down, he introduces me to Pascal, and we start talking. And I talk about how I just seen him recently. I think it was, was it on whose show? You just done a podcast with somebody. I said, it was good to see you out there and talking to people. It's what DuPont needs and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, Pascal started asking questions. And I said, you know, I'm really working on this crazy idea. And I, I, I think um, it would be amazing if, if you guys would get involved. And that's how that started. You know, they had never, from what I understand, talking with Francois, and we get into that when you talk to Les, I'll, I'll talk more about it, but they'd never even done this kind of thing on a lighter. So they weren't even sure if they could do it. They weren't sure if they could deliver it on time. But, you know, I, I'm just a firm believer sometimes that some things are just meant to happen. And it just really worked out. But it was literally by chance. I wouldn't have conceived of having a one of one. And I think Les and I talked about it. You don't even recall if DuPont's ever made a one of one that you know of. I couldn't conceive of having not just one one of one, but seven one of one DuPont lighters made. I would have never thought of that on my own. It was literally just walking in at the right time, seeing Les and 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 Pascal on there and then talking to them about it and then seeing their excitement. And then, you know, Les put you know, fuel on the fire and really got things going and made it happen. So it really was a serendipitous thing. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Um, I think Bear might have said lightning in a bottle. I, um, Abe shocked me. Okay. <laughs> because what happened was Abe, you know, I'm doing KMA with Abe for several years. And, and I want to say back in 2016, a cryptocurrency expert was, was booked on the show. and. Abe ended up hanging up on this guy. <laughs> I mean, it was Abe was trying to get this guy to explain cryptocurrency, and it was this guy. I don't. He just wasn't and you know explaining why it's a good thing or you know what a benefit. He couldn't articulate. Abe hung up on the guy. Right, <laughs> true story. Right, Abe. Was it Sam from FDX? No, it was some guy named Andy. <laughs> if I remember. <laughs> um. So. I'm in a Washington, D.C. airport, and this is almost a year ago. It was late August of 2022. And Abe calls me up, and I just like, I, I, 
if I was driving a car, I would have drove off the road that he was telling me he was getting into this game with the NFT. Um, and Abe, was it LaFleur that really changed your mind on this? I mean, because LaFleur had some success with this. Um, so look, I, I mean, I, I don't think I was quiet about the skepticism of the LaFleur NFT. You were No, we talked about it on the show. You were skeptical yeah. about it. We, yeah, we had conversations I, I about it. Yeah. About it. I didn't understand the NFT. And right. It went over phenomenally well. So I think part of my skill set over the years of my career is to see something and realize, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, there's something there, but I think I could make it better. And um, I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit Lafleur at all because being in the pioneer and the first to do something really provides something for someone else to look at and say, hey, I can improve on it. So um, for me as a retailer, because I have a retailer perspective, so I know what. Right myself as a retailer is going to see real value in. Um, So I saw that there was people out there who would like this concept. So I said, how can I take this legendary cigar and really put some value on it and to make it work where it will really have conceptually a, a solid ground that a retailer could easily see value in it. So, um, yeah, like I said, you know, LaFleur did change my mind on, okay, well, there are people who understand this better than I do and see value in it. Um, but once again, I don't think I'd be sitting here and being able and, and be able to talk to you or any of your listeners out there right now if we didn't have a legendary cigar in our portfolio like the Twahierarchy. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, you could take exactly what I did and throw it on half a dozen of our other micro blends and it won't have this history and background and i think demand that it's going to have and part of it is the reputation that pete has built over the decades of creating these highly sought after um limited releases and blends that that fans and his fans and consumers worldwide go nuts over and you know we're honored and proud to say hey we have we were involved in one of them and now in this package you know, we're going to have the opportunity to have the cigar and share it with six other savvy retailers in the country. Or, you know, it may not be a retailer. I keep saying retailer because me being a retailer, I, I just have that play in my head because I designed this for somebody in retail. But Pete has a lot of hardcore fans, consumers who could easily bid on this and may end up acquiring one. So, Abe. It was funny because when we were doing those little floor segments during the Coop Scoops, I was like trying to tee you up to like get you fired up about the LT NFT. And I do that. You know, that's what I do. And I was getting you a little fired up. But but obviously something did change. And like I said, you did shock me. But the next step is you had to go to Pete now with this idea. And I'm Pete. I'm kind of curious now what your thoughts when Abe came to you to this, how that all happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I watched the little floor thing um, and I was. I don't know, I couldn't understand it. I mean, I, I still I can't even fathom the whole thing because I saw the numbers and I was trying to do the math the whole time to see if it made sense. But uh, Abe, Abe somehow has this way of convincing me to do shit. <laughs> Um, and you know, I, the first thing I thought about was like, okay, this might be a jumping the shark moment, you know, Fonzie jumping the shark. Uh Um, 
But the way Abe put this package together, he really kind of proved me wrong really quick. And and honestly, go back to what Abe said about the LaFleur team. Carney, Tony, Lido all had conversations with me about, hey, if you need help. And I kept on putting the, the blame on Abe. I'm like, no, nah, this is Abe's thing, you know? <laughs> like, right. You go to Abe's got it covered. I, I have no idea what an NFT is. I, I'm really kind of clueless on the whole thing. Um, but they were really good. They were really kind to us with information, and they're like, "If you need help, just just come to us, and we'll we'll work it out." I mean, I saw Lido in Dortmund right after they did theirs, and he was the same way. He's like, "Hey, if you need help with the thing that you're doing with Abe, let me know." I'm like, "Well." You better talk to Abe because I still have no clue what's going on. And that, that's how it is for me. It's, it's truly kind of a an oddball for me. I'm, I trade stocks, you know, I, but I, I never thought that I would be making a cigar that's kind of like that, you know, stock in a sense. Um, I, like it, it was all still new to me and Abe's explained a lot to me. And, and luckily he's working with the same company that LaFleur worked with. Uh, Eureka, right? Yep. And uh, they they kind of, you know, explained everything to him, and he was able to dumb it down for me, which is great. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, C plus student here, so actually hey, D plus at best. Hey, did you did you tap? Uh, obviously, you found a great partner in in the folks over at La Florida Dominicana. Did you, knowing just your meticulous nature and everything, did you uh, tap like Dave and Oliver uh, with? since you know with united when since they had the first go around with it or or was no, it just so helpful no, with uh they're they're, they're 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 and they're and they're great guys and they did have the first kind of really nft with with the art that they made but it wasn't the same model as this you know and um i i didn't really i the folks at lafleur were really so helpful in fact john carney was even working you know we're trying to do something that actually john kind of brought to my attention we're trying to and this is all new technology for me so i've been spending mm -hmm. weeks learning shit i never knew about but we're trying to nfc every box so every box can be legitimately known whether it's box number one or box number 520 eventually um and down the road even like three years from now you could say this is box number 10 you tap it with your phone it tells you what was the ship date who it went to which nft it belonged to and what number box that was so we're, I haven't finalized this yet, but I was really, John Carney was on a conference call with me yesterday to work this out because he's a little bit more knowledgeable than me because I wasn't having a hard time kind of explaining to the woman what I wanted, but it looks like this is going to be able to be done, which is just another cool feature of this. So the person who wins the NFT number one will literally get the Anarchy box one through 15, and they'll be able to be tracked and traced throughout time. And the guy who gets anarchy number two will get boxes 16 through 20 right. and so forth. And I'm the last one. I get seven. So I'll get boxes um, number 90 through 105, or I think that's what it is. 91, then, yeah. 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 And then and then the following allocation, that first NFT holder will get box 106 and so forth. So these boxes will individually have a history and a characteristic that will be uniquely attributed to them. And I just think it's another thing that makes it special, but I would have never gotten there without John Carney and the folks at LaFleur. So they've been like super, super awesome. And I just think they want to see this kind of be successful again. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's one thing about this industry that a lot of consumers 
do not realize is we are very helpful, whether it's me with other retailers or manufacturers, other manufacturers. Um, for the most part, everybody's really helpful in this industry. And LaFleur has been great to us and helped us put this together. Yeah, if there's anyone who gets it and, and is totally bought in, it's John Carney. I, I've oh, had God, like yeah. several several conversations with him and he's like so enthusiastic. It's infectious. I still really, I, I'm, I'm with like most people on this call. I'm not, I'm still not sure I get it. Um, but I mean, he makes, he makes me feel like I do. So I, I know with, it's I'm in. With you bear. I don't get it as far as the, the value of a digital asset, right? Cause that's what basically is being auctioned here. It's the value of the digital asset. So I had to wrap this in a way for me as a retailer and a layman person can understand is I had to attach a utility value, which is all this behind me here that brings a, a tangible value. In fact, I'm so old school that I didn't even want to just let you have digital art. We produce these beautiful canvases um, that I wanted to say, hey, if you own NFT, at least you got something real to hang up on your wall. So, <laughs> you know, as a retailer, you know, I'm, I just, I can only think of the tangible. So the fact that you're getting this humidor and this one-of-one one DuPont lighter, the first seven ever produced Zycar perfect cutters, the crystal matching ashtray, the canvas, and then to be able to have this as a retailer for me, right? If I'm an up-and-coming retailer, to be able to say, hey, 15 boxes are going to come to me every quarter. And Tatuaje fans and cigar collectors and connoisseurs all over the world will be contacting me. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have a waiting list these cigars are going to be gone every time before we get them. I'm getting the same allocation that any, every other NFT holder is going to get. And I'm 99.999% confident that these cigars will always be sold before we get here. And we'll have a waiting list and eventually everybody's turn will come up and they'll be able to get their, their, their crack at getting some of these cigars. But for me as a retailer that has immense value, it puts my retail location in the spotlight you know, four times a year where people will be hunting me down. So that has intangible value to me too. Hey, Coop has a question. No, uh, <laughs> no, no, I saw you, buddy. I saw your hand up. <laughs> no, no, I just was, I, I, it's just, I'm raising hands. I'm not doing anything. No, no. Um, all right. So where was, so Abe, yeah, you, you have this concept that you obviously, you were starting to develop this concept and you realized that you're going to have to bring partners in to do this and a lot of different partners. And in fact, when I, I remember when I put up the press release, I used the word true collaboration because, you know, you and I have had the discussions and have definitely debated what is a collaboration and not a collaboration. I think you and I would agree. This was definitely a collaboration. You had to work with some key partners. So talk about what the process you had to go through in terms of you were starting to select partners and, and what you were looking for each of these partners to bring to the table. I'm not going to lie. That was a serendipitous evolution. Mm -hmm. This whole thing started with just Pete and I, and this, this epic, gorgeous, handmade, only seven of these humidors was all Pete's doing. I had nothing to do with that. I told Pete, look, in this initial NFT acquisition, they should get a humidor following the LaFleur footprint, right? We should put 60 cigars in it, you know, um, if you want to make it super cool, because we kind of hinted with the pale horse with chaos yep. that came out in 2020. Um, we can give them 45 of the original anarchy and we can make 15 of the an original anarchy version in, in the pale horse edition, which is a, a lighter wrapper. I believe he uses the Ecuadorian Connecticut. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 And actually, it's funny that you say that because I 
I realized when I lit this up, this is not the Connecticut version. This is the Crow. <laughs> this is the Crowho version because I made two versions. I made the a Crowho version, a Crowho Claro, and a Connecticut Ecuador. And ultimately, I liked the Connecticut Ecuador better for the project, so I put those in the humidor. So I have like a hundred and five cigars of the well, probably more, probably a hundred and twenty something of the Crowho version sitting down in Nicaragua and a couple here in Miami. So the yeah, we can do another NFT for just the Crowho version. <laughs> Listen, in the original <laughs> in the original pushers, we don't say what the wrapper is. We say the yeah. the lighter version because Pete wasn't sure at the time which wrapper he wanted to go with. So um Pete does this monstrosity, this unbelievable humidor on his own. I mean, he's texting me pictures as he's building it. This was all Pete's doing. I had no idea, but that's all this was going to be. It was going to yeah, be. Yeah, and I also, sorry, I also made a, 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 a little bit of a mistake. I, when I was designing the humidor, I was, I was mapping everything out, and I realized I put an extra 15 cigars in the humidor. So yeah. there's actually 75 cigars in every humidor, not 60. Yeah, true story. Which is good because I wanted I wanted a row. <laughs> I wanted a row at the bottom that held 15 single cigars. So if someone felt that they wanted to grab a single, they wouldn't have to open up the bundles that are inside the drawers. They could just open up the drawer and grab a single cigar. True story. It was only supposed to have 60 cigars. That was the original yeah. press release. But he started designing it and he says, This thing has 75 cigars, right? I'm like, uh no. Well, it does now. So <laughs> The humidor comes with, you know, three drawers that hold three bundles of the original Anarchy, one that holds 15 of the Pale Horse Edition, which only 105 cigars will ever be out there in the public. That's it. I mean, those are uber, uber, uber rare. And then there's a drawer at the bottom that has 15 loose um, Anarchy. And what was cool was Pete actually has a different label on the cigars that come with the humidor. And this is where Pete's ingenuity and intelligence really comes in, because I would have never thought of shit like this. But the original, the cigars that come in the humidor have a double halo band, a little strip, uh, a holographic at the top and the bottom. And the boxes that come in the monthly allocation only have the holographic at the bottom. So consumers will actually be able to tell the difference whether you got a stick coming from the original humidor or the monthly allocations in, in, in the years to come. Nice. But that's all it was supposed to be, right? So then I have my meeting with Les, and now I'm like, wow, we can get ST DuPont on the board with one of one lighters, this just makes this that much more incredible a project. And then that happens. And then I had already been talking with Zykar um, about making a perfect cutter. Uh, I just thought it was the next evolutionary step. I don't know why they didn't think of it of their own. Um, it's just perfect cutters are, are, are liked by a lot of people because you never can cut too much off a cigar. And then also for marketing and branding purposes, you got a whole solid back that you could put logo and art on. So it was a great idea. So um, part of that deal uh, that we had with Zachar because of our involvement in the project is we have the six month exclusivity. So right now through the end of this year, basically we're the only retailer in the country that sells the XI1 perfect cutter. So this is, that was on in the works well before this project. And then I started talking to them. I said, look, I would love to include one of these cutters in this project. You know, what are the odds that you can get them here in time that I could have at least seven of these cutters, you know, before we put out this press release and whatnot. And uh, they really worked to make that happen. And that was the first seven perfect Zycar cutters that ever came out of their fulfillment center to us. So 
to have that kind of as part of the project is even cool. And then, well, we got a cutter, we got a lighter. I knew I was going to do the canvas from day one because not understanding the value of digital art. I mean, look, there are collectors. It may go up in value. It may be valuable sometimes. But for me, I'm like, all right, we're going to do a canvas no matter what. And these are really high-end prints and floating frames. They're gorgeous. Anybody who came to the PCA show saw them. They're really something you'd want hanging on your wall. Why not do an ashtray? So, you know, we, we made the matching ashtray. So as an NFT owner, I just thought it'd be cool that not only do you own a digital piece of unique art, one-of-one art, but you will have a one-of-one lighter that matches it, a one-of-one ashtray, a one-of-one cutter, and a canvas. It just it just made sense for me as a retailer. This is something that me as a retailer would get very excited about. Um, so I just I, I, it just made a lot of sense to me. And I think it's going to translate because, like I said, there's only six of them more available. So only six retailers or maybe a consumer is going to have access to this this project. Well, it's funny you say that, Abe, because you keep on talking about retailers. But uh, someone in the comments, uh, Lou Cross, actually uh, mentioned that this guy named Ski, uh, Josh Kowalski, he's uh, selling all of his back stock so he can he can bid on the NFT project. I actually know. <laughs> I actually know of four consumers who are trying to get together. I think they want to try to acquire one. As consumers, yeah. as a group, so all four of them will have part of it. So, in the last segment, I'm actually going to re revisit that question too about the consumers versus the retailers. So keep it fresh in your mind too. Just no, that's no, no, problem. no, no, it's good. I just want. I'm not trying to derail it, but I have something towards the end I want to ask about that. Yeah, sure. I want to save for the last segment. I don't mean to skip ahead here, Coop, but like when we say less, when we say one of one lighters, that means like only you're only making one lighter, or you're only making one lighter per NFT. Like, yeah, what is that? So Good question. So on the bottom of every and of every anarchy lighter will be a serial number that'll say zero zero one forward slash zero zero one. That's it. So when we made seven different lighters, one of each. So there's only seven of these in the world, and each different design. Is like when, when we've done my limited issues of the past, it would you can get the number one, but it will be zero zero one out of 350. This is zero zero one out of zero zero one. <laughs> so, it's, like it, one's a line two, and one's like a you know, you know, no, they're all line twos, but no, they're all line okay. twos. And I would say, <laughs> I would say that the car ride to Miami from Boynton was me figuring out how I can convince. Pascal to convince the factory to stop their production. I was going to ask that <laughs> to make. Yes. So again, I wasn't going to let Pete Nave down on this one. Right. But you got to understand. And, and those of you that own line twos and no line twos and know how long it takes to make a line two lighter. Now you got to, we stopped, we being Favre, Paris, Colts of London, DuPont, we literally stopped Favre to make these, seven individual pieces um you know talk about you you know united states french relationships that that is the coup <laughs> of all coups and um and i was just you know it's that's to me you know everything that abe says and what you're getting with this thing and you have you have the tatuaje lovers and these dupont lovers to be able to put in there i want abe's number seven because i don't know what he's going to do with it but to have to have that to flex that lighter 
that only one has ever been made with that serial number is could be the ultimate flex. Look, I, I got to give props to Les Man because you know it's, it wasn't easy dealing with the people in Paris because they don't quite understand what I'm talking about half the time. <laughs> and Les was really the translator in this. You know, um, this technology. I mean, there's a picture of the lighter right there. So there's seven of these lighters, one of one, each one depicting the different seven pieces of art. So every NFT, um, which one John actually said kudos to us because we did it differently than them, is each NFT is a completely unique piece of art. I think Pete's favorite is number three, which is called The Hand. Um, that, that's his favorite one. Everybody has a different favorite one. I literally picked number seven because, look, it, it being involved in this project, I, I, I wanted to make sure that no one else thought that I was getting any preferential treatment. And basically seven was the least original art. It was basically our Anarchy logo that we had created 20 years ago on fire. And it's called fire. And it's a really simple one. I thought that's the one that's least original. I'll take that one and it'll make it number seven. So, but it's funny. Some people think that that's the coolest one. And that's what's kind of neat about this project. But when we went to DuPont, timeline was a problem because they literally had to stop production. They came, you know, we had kind of talked a little bit late in the game, especially for something as a one of one where they had to make seven different unique lighters. And for them to implement the technology of how to get this art on the front and back of the uh, line two lighter with the cutout for the striker. Um, I worked with a gentleman named Francois uh, and I, I, we communicated back and forth via emails for many, many months. And they weren't sure if they would be able to do this. So this was like a one of one unique thing for them and it's funny when you communicate with someone via email i always thought psychologically i thought i'm talking to this like 50 60 year old guy working in you know paris and i got to meet him for the first time at the trade show this guy's like a 30 year old stud he's like <laughs> a young guy i mean you know really good looking guy and he was just as excited about this project he said it was one of the funnest things he was able to work on he said we never had done nothing like this before so once again, we helped create some kind of historical moment, not just with Pete and Anarchy, but even with ST DuPont in the making of these seven one-of-one lighters. These are true collector pieces. There are DuPont collectors that don't know nothing about cigars and don't know nothing about NFTs, who I think will be interested in a one-of-one -one DuPont lighter. So we were able to bring some pretty cool utility to this NFT, some pretty cool assets. And and having SD DuPont on board, I, I don't think we could have done it, could have hoped for better, to be honest with you. The artwork. Um, how did you, did you, you, you commissioned someone to do the artwork? Take us through a little bit of that, what you, how you kind of, you went to an artist and said what you were looking for. How did, how did that kind of all go? So it's really funny. I've had a good friend for many, many years. Um, I had a graphics company before I got in the cigar business. I'm a self-taught graphic designer. In fact, in the early days before I could afford to have graphic employees, I used to do all the graphics myself. And when I first moved to Florida, I met this really brilliant guy. Um, and he was actually a mentor to me. He would teach me things like, you know, you have talent, but God, you can't do this. This doesn't work. And he would teach me a lot of things and really help me out in the early days of my career. And um, we stayed friends. And in fact, he's the guy who created the whole comic book strip. When we did the Room 101 Big Delicious, he did all of that artwork. Oh, that was good. Uh, yeah, he's done many, many projects for me over the years. We, I go to him for specialized stuff because he's a really busy guy. 
he's done work for Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholas, the golfer, and um, the Bear Organization, which is his organization here in South Florida. So I've used him for very special projects over the years. I don't like to bank on that friendship, you know, unless it's something really important. And this was one of those projects. And I really went to him. I kind of explained him the whole process, what I wanted to do. I wanted to create these seven unique pieces. And, you know, he's always been kind of a fan of ours and been to our events. So he, I think he might have even been at the original Anarchy release event. So he was familiar with the brand and he just started doing art. And I think, you know, as I was getting them, I was sending them to Pete and a couple of them got nixed, right? There was a snake one. There was a snake one we nixed and a couple of other uh, other pieces of art, but finally we ended up narrowing it down to seven original pieces of art that we thought would be exciting and looked cool and I thought I thought would you know grab the attentions of not just cigar consumers but people who like art. I mean, I would kind of hang this up in any one of my man caves in my office or my house. This is actually one of my favorite pieces. Um, this one's called Punk. Um, which kind of cool because it kind of relates to Pete and his history of music. So, you know, it, it, there, there are some really cool pieces here. His name is Brian Peterson, um, but he's a, he's a local guy here in South Florida. I've been working here for years, and it was a pleasure to work with him on this project going back and forth. You know, unless you, with DuPont and with the line two, you guys have a lot of collections. You guys have done very contemporary types of art before. Correct. I mean, you've done some very well, the, the monster series. They did a monster. That's, no, that... no, 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 no. I'll talk about Pete and that later, but no, <laughs> I don't think that was. Yeah. Leroy Neiman. I think they had a, some art with Leroy Neiman. I think they made some lighters with. Yeah, we. I mean, we've we've done some skulls, you know, skulls are big skulls and roses, things like that. And, uh, you know, we've we definitely have done from conservative to kind of way out there. I mean. You know, just those of you that stop by our booth at PCA can see all that. We just did a limited edition with Le Mans, 24 hours of Le Mans. So, you know, there's, you know, no one does it better. So it's, again, you know, what am I going to tell you? There's, you know, you got to, you got to adapt to the, to the climate. You got to adapt to the marketplace. You got to adapt to the consumers. And DuPont is not a, you know, it's a 151 year old brand that doesn't, you know, it's not my father's old Coupe de Ville with the with the vinyl moonroof, right? It's the Escalade. So, yeah. so that we're 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 constantly evolving to make sure that we're on fashion, on trend in today's world. And that artwork is every bit of, you know, that that was, you know, Dupont didn't look at and say, "You're out of your mind putting our brand on that." You know, they actually thought that was super cool. I mean, you know, between Francois Alain. And Pascal and uh, you know my whole Fred, my, the whole team there, and my team in Charlotte. It was, um, you know, you know what I say. This is cool shit, right? And you know, you can look at it at, at Prada and LV and, and all the big Chanel, and they got cool stuff. So it's not that it's not, you know, holy shit, you know, why would Dupont do that? I mean, hell yeah, I thought it was was great to put. A, and by the way, we put the Line Two chassis right on it. So we didn't we didn't do the mini jet or the maxi jet. We put the we put the most recognizable pinging lighter in the history of lighters. Yep. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, because it could have been easy to put one of those other ones. But you went with your 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 flagship. Yeah, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no to Abe. 
but it also makes sense because this is a luxury package. I mean, that's one thing I think that's important to know. And LaFleur kind of emphasized that too. This is a luxury package that's being put together here. Yeah, and it and by the way, the 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 other products, the the that that cool cutter in the ashtray and the artwork, uh, that humidor is badass, right? Yeah. So like uh, you know, it all there's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we missed anything. To be honest with you, we being Abe and, and Pete, you know, I just I kind of you know I kind of was in the bullpen if they needed me, and I was sworn to secrecy, so I I kept my mouth shut. It's true that he was sworn to secrecy. He, he didn't. <laughs> He was afraid to mention anything to me at the at the TA. <laughs> yeah. We saw each other. We kind of had a, a brief conversation about nothing, and then he said, "Oh, by the way, yeah, Abe's on top of it." And I go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got you," because I knew about it from Abe, but I didn't want to talk to Les about it because I wasn't sure <laughs> if I was supposed to talk to Les about it. So, yeah, yeah, and Abe, you better. I hope you're proud proud of me for doing that. And look. Look, I can see the way that TAA runs. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there for 15 minutes talking to Pete. And before you know it, I got 15 retailers next next to me getting a drink saying, what the hell are you doing? With, you know, what's going on now? What's coming out? Well, so it was, um, <laughs> it was cordial. Hi, how you doing? Okay, have a good day. See you later. Bye. I, I knew I knew when the original press release came out. And look, this is why I love Pete. Because at the end of the day, I understand the trust that he must have in my organization to let us run wild with something like this, because I knew, and, and Coop is a friend of mine. We, we do a show together every Saturday, but I knew the skepticism that we were going to get when we announced the original press release that we were going to do an NFT project coming off of the floor. Um, and it was my goal to make sure that this was so over the top, that this was so legitimized and what it was being offered. I just didn't want it getting out there before, before it was all ready to, to be put out there. So yeah, I, I kind of swore everybody to, to secrecy to kind of, you know, wait to have the most impact, but I, I knew we were going to get some criticism. I knew people would say, ah, oh, here they are. Try. But at the end of the day, if there's one thing I kind of pride myself on the reputation I have, is that we deliver, right? I want to deliver something as a retailer who's worked in this business 27 years. I know what has value. I know what has value to me. If it has value to me, I would assume it's going to have value to other similar retailers in this industry. And I believe that we have delivered a package unprecedented and, un and unexpected from anybody who, who may have criticized us when we dropped the initial press release. Abe, was it important to get that press? Because that initial press release was almost a year ago. Was it important for you to get that, even though you knew this was going to be down the road, was it important for you to like put that stake in the ground and say, hey, we're doing this right now? Yeah, before someone else rush. Did. Yeah, I was in a rush because I wanted to be, and I'm not going to lie, I wanted to be the first retailer. Yeah. Right? I mean, if Floyd pulled this off, I wanted to be the first retailer to kind of announce some kind of involvement of doing this because here's what happens. If you have somebody else who does it and it doesn't go well and maybe even a third party does it and it doesn't go well it really makes you hard for you coming in third or fourth no matter how good your thing is so i really wanted to get in there early off the success really of la, la flor dominicana is to say look if there's going to be another nft next it's going to be this cigar that's why anarchy in my opinion no 
I couldn't think of another cigar more worthy of an NFT edition, something really special that'll be out there every year. I already know it has a track record of consumers who are dying to find this cigar. We hired a bartender. We literally hired a bartender. He, he only worked for us for six months, but he literally came to me and he said, my brother wanted me to ask you because he found out I was working here. Do you have any Kitwai Anarchy? I said, bro, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're new here, but no, I don't have any, you know? So it, it, it's a cigar that holds that kind of presence. So I knew that it would carry what it would need to carry to pull off this, this kind of a project. So, yeah, I was kind of in a rush. I wanted to be put it out there. And in fact, I think our initial goal was to have this drop in September. But, you know, we know the cigar industry. You know, Pete had problems waiting on bands and obviously was working to make this epic humidor. So I wasn't rushing him. And it just landed where it landed. But it kind of worked out good because by the time everything got done, it was really in time to showcase it at the PCA. Because like I said, in my mind, this is always a retailer play. This is something that retailers, if I was a retailer, I mean, I, I would take all seven NFTs, really. So if I was a retailer, I'd be interested in this. So it came in time where everything kind of finished right before the trade show. So I reached out to Pete. I said, look, if we can find a display case, you know, are you interested in, you know, would you want to? And Pete's like, absolutely. And we, at the very, really last minute, Pete was trying to see if he could get somebody to construct. Because this humidor that he built didn't fit in anything that he currently had for his suit. <laughs> so True. he had True. to find something that would hold this humidor. And literally at the last minute, I found a third-party company that had a case that would hold the humidor that we figured we could put the painting in and the lighter and the cutter. And we had this nice display at the PCA, which other retailers who were walking around the trade show were able to come by and look at it and see it visually because no matter how cool the photos are, I promise you, it doesn't do justice yeah. when you see the stuff live, and you know you guys got all you guys all got to see the stuff live, so you can yeah. attest to that. Absolutely. If so, let me ask another question: Was there is there anything magic about the seven MFT number, right? Because Gafford did seven, you're doing seven. Or was it just coincidental? I was just wondering: Does anything about that seven number? That just might have been a cop out on my part. Uh huh. Okay. I don't know. I didn't know to do more. I didn't know to do less, and I knew I. So the original plan was I was going to bid. The answer is it's a lucky number. That's that's the answer. <laughs> that could there be the go. answer. It's a lucky number. Right, right. Maybe it was lack I was just wondering if there's anything like with the NFT process. That's why I was just asking. Well, I'm going to tell you what Pete was concerned with, uh, you know, at the time. But, you know, for me, I think it was just lack of any ingenuity at the moment. It just sounded like a good number. And even though I knew I was going to have. Well, the original thought was just, there'd be seven and I was going to bid on them like everything else. But I was trying to make this as fair as possible because there was no way I was going to let this project happen without my organization having Being a part of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, you know, we helped create the, the brand. So then we started thinking about it, like, well, I really can't bid on this because it might not look good. You know, it look, might look like I'm just trying to shoot up the bidding process, or whatever. So we backed out of that idea and said, look, we're just going to take number seven for being involved in the project and we're going to auction off six. And that's how that kind of came about. It, there wasn't really any science to it at the time, to be honest with you. Okay. So, all right, we, we've talked about the package, great package. What's next? When does this auction happen? What, are, what should folks now look forward to as that we get into that phase of the project, the bidding process? Are you asking me? I'm asking yeah. you. Yeah. When is it happening? 
Well, the first. Well, okay. Now, even we don't have to say when, but what 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 happens next? What can we expect now when these bids start? When this the process starts? Auction, the first auction is August twenty first, I believe. Um, right, so it's three weeks away. It's less than yeah. Three, it's all three weeks away. It's August twenty first, and we're literally following the same model that Lafleur did because it worked. If it didn't work, why try to recreate it? It worked very well. Um, each NFT will have a forty eight hour auction. So it'll probably take 12 days to get through all six NFTs. But starting on the 21st, that'll be a 40-hour auction for NFT number one. And then we'll go right to NFT number two, all the way through number six. Um, is there a starting bid? Opening opening bid is $30,000. Okay. Which we thought was more than fair, considering mm -hmm. the value and based on what me as a retailer thought the annual projected return of a product like this would be. Um well, that covers the lighter. How about the cigars, Abe? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I'm, 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 look, you, you're joking. No, you know, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm I was actually wondering that set. too. I'm getting a set of these. And I told, I think I told Pete already, you know, we're going to display our set and of course put up for sale, but I'm going to put some astronomical number. I, I won't sell my one of one DuPont lighter for less than $20,000. I'm putting, I'm putting that price tag on there and I hope no one ever buys it. And if someone comes in and wants to pay $20,000 for it, well, you know what? You got yourself a <laughs> DuPont lighter. I, I thought I was getting a Christmas gift. Uh, damn. Yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean look, I, I really don't want to sell my utilities. Yeah. I want to keep my utilities because it's got great value. You know, maybe we'll do something promotional with the humidor and whatnot. But the utilities, I want to keep. But I'll put an astronomical price on it. I mean, look, a one of one DuPont lighter. I don't know what you could say the price is. If you were going to mark it up, just basically on the industry standard of what markups are going to be. It's a five thousand dollar plus lighter. Easily, that's yeah. what it would. That's what it costed us, and basically what the retail would be. I think we'd be close to about fifty five, fifty six hundred dollars. Yeah, that, light, that lighter won't last six months on the shelf. Yeah, well, someone just commented that the lighter will go for fifteen k. Yeah, I mean, th there it is. So yeah. there's some real value to the utility here. So um, thanks, Les. <laughs> no I, problem. I, by the way, I'll throw a can of butane in for my. <laughs> I, that, that's fair, Les. That's totally fair. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, but can you put the artwork on the, each individual can of butane? Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for one of the fountain pens. I was hoping for one of the fountain pens, but okay. Yes. I, I mean, look. No, look. you know what? It's really priceless, in my Shit, opinion. Abe, now you got to do a pen. <laughs> hey, Abe. <laughs> you know, you, you, hey, 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 well, you look, Coop, you look at that lighter. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm a big basketball, baseball, football card collector. There's comps and there's one to one, stuff like that. You can't even comp this thing. There's mm. nothing to comp it on. So what is really the price of it? The price is in the eye of the beholder. And is it is it 10? Is it 15? Is it 20? You know, there's a consumer that I tell you right now, I, I get emails too from DuPont consumers. They have to have that number and stuff like that. This whole thing is just, it's so cool. This is definitely rarer than a Danny Ainge baseball card. So there you go. <laughs> someone's going to walk into Smoke Inn and drop That's the twenty. Really I'm rare. telling you, six <laughs> months. <laughs> Which I have them. <laughs> it's it's unprecedented. It's uncharted territories, and once again, I love being part of exciting stuff like this because it's exciting stuff. Okay. You know, for me to say in my career, I got to work with Pete again. I got to work with St. Dupont. I got this first ever Zycar product. This is exciting shit, and any retailer who yeah doesn't see that won't get this project but there is a tangible revenue stream that that me as a retailer i understood that i'm hoping translates to other retailers 
But once again, like, you know, I know Coop, you want to talk about it later, but I, there's definitely a high probability that there are some consumers that will either on their own or get together with groups and may acquire one of these. So you may not have seven retailers offering this cigar every year. You may have only five. You know, we don't know. That's kind of the excitement of this. Abe, the last thing I'll ask on this, um, you make like when you come out with a product or when you are launching a product or a promotion, you make everything into an event and a party. I mean, you, you've always done that, like going back, whether it's in person, now virtual. Will we see anything like this maybe in the smoking socials as the auction is going on? Uh, because you you you, you do. A, I mean, you've done a. No one's done it better than you with that. And I think this is another great opportunity. Will we see something like that? We you got to create a little bit, even for people maybe who can't afford to bid on it. I think I saw it with LaFleur. They were getting excited about watching the bidding and stuff like that. So I'm kind of curious if you've thought about that. So look, without a doubt, because once again, I've always said life is about experiences and having fun. So we, my team and I have sat down and talked about a couple of things of what we want to do, whether it's, um, and in-store, I think it's going to end up being both. We're still trying to figure it out. We're finalizing it, but I think it's going to be both elements, something in-store and something virtual, just to kind of watch where things go. Because people are, listen, even if you're not bidding about it, don't kid yourself. Pete, myself, we were watching the floor bids every day. We were watching and seeing how it goes. So, oh, and we all were. We, we yeah, were doing yeah. it in a group. Yeah, we were doing so, it too. People like to get excited about it. So yeah, well, I'm going to find a way to try to kind of captivate that energy and put it into something fun and memorable for both local people and for our fans all over the country. Yeah, I think that would be great. I'll, I'll be honest. When the, the floor thing was going on, I was going to wake up one morning and bid on one of them because the, the, the starting bid came to a certain point. And I waited, hesitated, didn't do anything. And then I looked at it again. It was like $75,000. I'm like, uh, nope. <laughs> but when it was in the 30 range or 37 range, I was like, this would be kind of a cool thing to have. I was, I, I kind of got into it as the whole process was going. But the first few, I was like trying to do the math the whole time. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But if I saw the opportunity for, for lack of better words, a deal, I was going to take advantage of it. Because it would be, for me, I, was, I mean, I smoked I was, a cigar the other day. I enjoyed it. I was the same way with you, Pete. I was watching. I kind of had a number in mind. I thought, all right, if I can get acquire one of these at this kind of a price range, I'm in. And I just saw it blow past. And I said, all right, well, maybe number three or four will slow down. And I maybe get one of those. I just never got the opportunity. It never slowed down. Never slowed down. Never. Okay, uh, hey, Aaron and Bear, anything else? Because what I want to do is I want to close out this segment and then kind of do the other segments. Um, so, guys, just wanna, we'll do some fun questions a little off the NFT next, and then we'll do some more questions about the NFT to close it out. These will be shorter segments. Just so you know, this was the long segment. So, nothing. I, I, I have a question. I was, I was, I was, I was giving Aaron the uh, Aaron the honors here. Yeah, but I had a question. Ahead, yeah. I, I, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I feel well, beat up by Aaron Loomis today. He's been buried. Well, well, don't worry. He's going to have his chance. No, it's not going to get any easier the rest of the show. It. <laughs> Listen, Aaron, it's the chair. I'm going to say this as far as all media people are concerned. You have the best chair 
of he does. People. Thank you. Nobody Source. looks more comfortable doing anything <laughs> in media than you do. You win the award of the most comfortable setting of anybody in media. Thank Kudos. you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. No, my my question back to back to Pete is about this. You know, like, you know, Pete, you've you've in your career, you've you've created some amazing collectors' items, special editions, uh, cigars that you know, you know. Some, I would say, like, kind of tickle the ultra pe- premium, like, radar and stuff. Like, when you first start out, I mean, I, I know this is a cliche question, but I'm just like, you know, looking back, you know, when you first started 20 years ago, I mean, could you ever imagine that you'd be a part of a project of like ultra uber luxury like this? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, honestly, I've done, I've done some like uber luxury. Uh, small batch projects out of Miami, but to do something like this, I, I just never even fathomed. Again, I was scared when Abe came to me with this idea. I was, I, I, again, I, I saw the, the La Flor thing. I I still didn't understand it, even though I kind of wanted one. I didn't <laughs> really understand it. And when Abe said, I have to do this, I was like, I actually think I said, are you sure? Because, uh, it's going to be complicated on my end only because again, like, like Les did, I had to stop the machine in the factory in Nicaragua. I had to tell them, okay, I'm going to do this. And by the way, I need 105 cigars done like this. They're like, huh? You know, like, and then I said, here's a sketch on a napkin. This is what I want to do for a humidor. And they looked at me like, huh? And I said, I'll pay for it. Don't worry. I'll pay for it. I just <laughs> want to make something really cool. And of course the triangle made sense because of the, the a shape on the NR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the- but yeah, I never expected to, I would have 20 years ago. <laughs> these things weren't even a concept, you know, like the whole thing with NFTs, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a thing. And Abe mentioned earlier, Facebook wasn't a thing, but it, Facebook was what? 07, 08. I remember getting my first Facebook account somewhere around 08. And uh, it didn't really take off for people until 11. But that's probably when I started getting like off of Facebook. But yeah, it. Uh, I never expected this. And I'm happy to be part of it, obviously, because it's, it's just a whole never, a whole nother level of what we do in our industry. And Abe took it to another stratosphere. I just find it interesting, like, I don't, Les, I apologize, I don't know you very well, but like, you know, two of the three people on here, and I, you know, you, Pete, and you, Abe, you're two of the most daring, innovative people that I, that I've had the privilege of meeting, and twice tonight, both of you have used the words fear and scared, and I, it's, it's really, I mean, I apologize, it's really hard for me to fathom that, considering the amazing success that you both have had in your individual lanes and tracks and everything so it it it, it's really really fascinating to me that you guys like have this this nervousness about it which is kind of cool that shows how exciting it is you know bear when i did la verite 2008 the first la verite i did it was a new concept for our industry i based it off of a wine concept you know that they do in the wine industry which is futures basically the the retailer had to buy it for me without knowing anything about the product. 
And they had to like set money down and say, okay, we believe in this project that is eventually going to come. And they had to wait for a long time because I aged the cigars for a long time. And every, every six months, I would raise the buy-in of the tranches of these futures for La Verite. That's a whole different concept than what is going on here. So it, it definitely scared me. But I'll tell you one thing that happened during the La Verite thing. The first year was kind of like a mystery to everybody. And no one really understood it. Kind of like what LaFleur did with their NFT. No one really understood it. They were kind of like questioning the whole project. I got a text message from Jonathan Drew. Thank you, Jonathan. And he says, don't stop doing it. He goes, what you did with that project was something new to the industry and you should continue doing it. And that was a good inspiration for me to move forward with that project. So having LaFleur pushing us to do this like and helping us was like the bonus. And that's what, again, that's what makes this industry great is the communication level between manufacturers. That's awesome. I want to clarify on the fear. So there's different fears in different stages of your career. The fear of placing an order for 1,500 boxes when I was only three retail stores and barely had a website was a fear of financial disaster, right? I couldn't pay, I couldn't pay the bill, right? The fear now in our career is, look, we don't want to fail. We don't want to do something that will negatively impact what we've built in our careers. And, and that's the fear that we have now. I mean, Pete and I literally talked about this. And, and you know, Pete asked me, he's like, look, what if no one bids on this? Right? Because, you know, it's a possibility. We don't know. I said to Pete, I said, look, I'll have egg on our face, right? But the worst case scenario is if nobody bids on this, I'm going to end up owning seven NFTs and you're going to end up having to make me 420 bucks a year. Are you okay with that? He's like, I can live with that. I'm like, oh, I can live with that too. So, (laughs) you know, that's not what we want. We don't want not to have created something special and successful, but that's our fear now at our stage in our career. We don't want to feel at something. We don't want to do something that's going to say, oh, that didn't go over well. So that's the kind of fear today. So, we still have fear. It's just a different type of fear than 15 years ago. Don't forget the seven $20,000 lighters. That's, that's an important stat too. <laughs> your, lips to, your lips to God's ears, buddy. Thank you, Les. <laughs> no All problem. Right. No, it's all good. All right. So let me, I got to do a couple of sponsor reads and we have some fun questions we'll do and then we'll kind of get back to wrap it up. Like I said, these will be much shorter segments. So. Uh, let me first uh, mention the folks at JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf was one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the gold days, this cause Cuba the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Of course, it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasran Valley in Honduras, Julio Arroyo took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original season. In 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julianus and Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela, and each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And by 
Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take fact that there are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available to exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Padron, Drew Estate, uh, Aganorsa Leaf, and many more. They have the best selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount cigar prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine, Corona Cigar Company is the best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retail by Smoke Magazine. And Cigar for China wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. Place an order online at their website or visit one of Corona's five Central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. All right, so I want to get into a couple of, uh, of fun questions here. These are just not related to the NFT, then we're going to come back to it. And this is first what we call our cattle baron uh, meat question or uh, steak question at the night. We usually do something around steak. And I think everyone, hopefully on this uh, panel, they, they, they eat uh, beef. But I want to ask the question tonight, if beef is not available as a meat, what is the kind of meat that you want to have? And I'll go to uh, Abe, Les, and Pete on this one. So, Abe, I'll start it with you. What kind of beef I'm going to have? What kind of meat that you have if beef is not available? What kind of meat? What was your meat of choice if meat if beef is not an option? I'm a seafood guy, actually, by choice. I'm a pescatarian. I love shellfish, fish. Okay. All kinds of seafood. um, And my kids like it, too. We do boils at the house and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, Uh I think uh, that's a no-brainer for me. Seafood, that counts towards meat options. You did a great clam bake like years ago at the store. I remember I was there. Crawfish boil. Crawfish boil. That's what it was. Yeah. It was yeah unbelievable. We, we used to fly it in fresh from New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Southwest Airlines. It would arrive in Palm Beach International Airport. We'd go pick them up live and boil them. Yeah. I remember that. was that. like the fifth circle of hell for Loomis. Yeah. Loomis is just like cringing right 100%. now. He's just cringing right now. He is, a, he is not a seafood lover. Okay. Let's go to Les. Hi, Les. How about you? Uh, I would say a good veal, veal parm. Nice. Good quick pick. Leave it to Les to class it up. Love it, man. Love it. Veal <laughs> parm, man. Way to go. And uh, Pete. Honestly, uh, everybody expects me to say lobster because I'm from Maine. But uh, I've had to start switching to a lot of chicken lately because I I have stomach issues. So... <laughs> It's it's an easy one to process. Let's just say that. Yeah, I know that. Hope you're going with the eight piece nuggets from McDonald's, Pete. No, that's the kids. Okay. I actually bought I bought our youngest nuggets in Rome. He thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> that's good. I had a salami sandwich in Rome when I was there. I remember it was just unbelievable. One of unbelievable. Us, yeah, the sandwiches the over there are unbelievable. Yeah, the street got on the street and it was just unbelievable. Uh, I'll ask I'll ask Baron Aaron this question too, okay? Because we haven't done this one before. Uh, alternative to beef, I would go chicken as well. I go for some fried chicken. I'm always up for fried chicken. All right, Bear. Oh man, this is tough. This is a tough question. Um, like everyone's had really good answers. Um, uh, my. My my father's side of the family is from Maine too, so I feel like I'm. If I don't say lobster, I feel like I'm betraying somebody too. Uh, <laughs> I, man, this is actually a lot tougher than people think. I think that, oh man, it's. Yeah, I. If beef's not available, 
I didn't think it was that hard of a question. I, I, yeah, I think I got it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I got it. I think. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize, guys. This isn't that. I, I Chile, Chile, have about three options. Chile, Chilean sea bass, man, is like there, there's something there unbelievable go. about that fish. Um, I love it. It's. It is. It is absolutely. It is like butter in meat form, and it it's when it's prepared perfectly, it's it's unbelievable. So. I'd have to go. I want to fish. I want to go back though and go to less real quick. You meant lamb veal, right? Not beef veal. Yeah, you know what? Hey, Pete, I was worried when I was going to say that that I wasn't saying. I was wishing you went next, and I went third. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just talking about um, you know a good a, a good veal parm. You know, that's my deal. Well, let's go with, with let's go with the the lamb version of yeah. it then, or, or chick, <laughs> chick, chicken parm. I've done I've done a I've, I make it with pork too, like pork cutlets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's less expensive. <laughs> veal, veal's, veal, veal, veal's a little pricey for me, but yeah, nice. yeah. Good nice. stuff. Nice. All right, mine was turkey. For or anyone wants to know the answer, Earth, no one cares. Turkey, turkey. Yeah, <laughs> oh, smoked turkey. But I'm talking Abe. I'm talking. Such smoke a fucking coop answer. Smoke turkey. turkey. Like oh smoke turkey. Literally, smoke you couldn't have picked the worst meat. Oh, I knew he was gonna get on there. Right. You have ag- you you have to have access to the best turkey. I love turkey. Who's cook? Who's cooking it, Coop? Like this is this is an important question. Not me. I mean, my wife. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. If it ain't deep, deep fried, fried turkey, yeah. Deep if fried. It ain't deep fried, don't bother. Oh, and we have a yeah. we have a deep fried, deep fried turkey is the way oil. to go. Absolutely, but I have to. I have to usually buy that because I don't have the equipment to do it here. I, had the, I love Coopy's antithesis of anything cool. It, look, I'm 39 <laughs> years old. Turkey. I've been making turkey on Thanksgiving since uh, since I was in my love early turkey. 20s. It took me fucking almost 20 years to uh, make. The uh, best turkey. That that shit is fucking hard, man. So all, right. all props to world to Mrs. Cooper. Before, Holy hell. Before we kind of close this part out, Aaron and Bear, the, the sandwich place I took you guys to, well, that we I knew about in Vegas, right? How would us I don't know, Bear, if you got the turkey. Aaron, you got the turkey. How good was Bear, that turkey? Uh, Bear wasn't with us. Bear wasn't with us. That's right. It was just, right. just Ben. It was ben just Ben, yes. How, yeah. Aaron, but you got that turkey sandwich. It was a good sandwich. It was a really good sandwich. The yeah. bread, I could do with they, the they bread, need a different yeah. bread, but yeah. otherwise the sandwich. Oh, great. I agree with you on that. Yeah, because the, the, they carved it right there. It wasn't like deli meat uh, yeah. processed turkey. It was really good. Let me tell you something. You want to know what the best turkey we have now? We go to Honey Baked Ham, and we get the sliced turkey breast. You can't beat that turkey forget about it go get it. we, we used to have them in charlotte we don't have them anymore you uh, get that I, honey baked ham sliced turkey breast oh great honey, forget Sounds about awesome. it you're I, never I, tasting a better piece of turkey in your life all right this next question is our ties that bind question but uh, it's brought to you by tobacco rsa make it iconic brands such as monte cristo romeo Julia, h upman and eating room cigars tobacco rsa great things are happening here in the ties that bind question, I think uh, most of you have been through it. Less you haven't been through this. It. I'm going to ask a question to everybody. I'm going to name three items. And you just got to tell me what all three items have in common. So there's a common thread with all these three. I went a little easier tonight. <laughs> it's a super It's a super easy question. And you got you to gotta pretend like you're really old. Yeah, that's a good hint. That, okay. So to get this, you have to be old. Same question. 
Yeah, it's the same question, but pretend yeah, everyone's gonna get to, whoever gets it first, basically. I think I'm the youngest person in this room, and it's like the easiest answer. <laughs> but, I, but but I've thrown these easy questions, and they've been hard. I, you'd be surprised. So let's say, all right, here are the three items: a television, a cigar, and a roll of toilet paper. George Burns. Well, it's not my turn. You know what? That's like a good answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> That's a good answer. It wasn't Dick. my answer I was looking for, but it's a good answer. <laughs> I got more fear now than we do with this NFT. <laughs> I'm glad this is Les's question. It's yeah, I know. I'm, I'm... I know. I, I'm gonna. I have a great answer for this. It's not George Burns. <laughs> Television. Toilet paper and a cigar. I'm going to say Archie Bunker. Wow, that's another good one. Another good one too. <laughs> that's even better. It wasn't Archie Bunker, but yeah. And if you know. No, for I, sure, I, he he was taking a dump on the show, smoking a cigar. Listen, he was the TV. first. He was the first. That was the first show where they flushed the toilet. It was a big deal. That's a good one. It wasn't the answer I'm looking for, but that's bonus point, Pete. That's a good one. I, I don't know. I'm too McCall. I'm too double McCallum's in, so I I can't <laughs> think of it's a, it's the most like simplest answer. It's like think, just take it down to the, like the the bare functions of these three things. And and think about all, the all pun intended. All pun intended because I'm sitting right here. Yeah, yeah. I want to say so like like an answer like mash. Even more basic than that. More basic that's than a, that. That's a great. That's a great answer though. I told you, I didn't think this was that easy. I didn't think that question was that easy. I know you guys got it because you know me. I think the Archie Bunker one was the closest one, actually, what but it's not a person. What do they all have in common? What do they all mm-hmm. have in common? I think, well, if, shoot, if if they're if they're warm coop, then maybe I, I think, I mean, I have the, I, th- I have an answer, but I just, I thought, I thought I had it. Uh, uh, okay. Maybe, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm base. No, go ahead. Uh, you got you got the right answer, Bear. Give these guys a shot. It's tubes. Oh, uh, he gave Tubes are tubes are the correlating factor. Yeah, there are correct. glass tubes in television, tubes of toilet paper, it. and <laughs> cigars are That's tubes. Yeah, so I said yeah. you gotta be old. That's why we said you gotta be old with that one, because the television <laughs> was the trick part. You gotta be old and stupid, I guess we are. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, I, I gotta tell you something. I wasn't even in the same zip code there. Fuck no, I'm never getting I'm never getting that. You know what? You know what? Here's how old I feel though, guys. I remember when the two when the when the when the, oh, the, the there was one tube when it went on the TV, it was like you had a you, you didn't replace your TV back then. You went to the television repair shop, repair shop yeah. and they put that yeah, tube in. Did. That was my grandfather. My grandfather did that. One of his many, many, we did many that. jobs. We did it as kids. Yeah, it was a big deal. How the fuck old are you? I'm fifty five. Oh no, my 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 grand my grandfather my grandfather was like way way old. Yeah. So my grand my grandfather was forty two when he married well, my, I hope so. my grand right. Right. <laughs> my grand my grandfather was forty two years old when he married my grandmother who was eighteen. Right, and like he had a he was an he was a lifetime entrepreneur, uh, milkman, uh, washing machine repairman, TV repairman, businesses like throughout his life and everything. And um, but yeah, it, yeah, that's that's how I knew about. That's the first introduction that I had to tubes, but that there's actually a really, really, I'm a big Aaron Sorkin fan. He, he wrote uh, a TV show that lasted two seasons called sports night and William H. Macy was a guest star for a few episodes in the second season. And he talks about the invention of television and how it wasn't the guy who invented, like invented. You television. may be, you may be bleeding a- into the next question there. Be exactly. careful. So, yeah. Yeah. Be careful. I think sorry. The next- no, uh, that's all right. 
can you hold it? Because I think that will actually yeah. hit the next question. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So this is our Alec Bradley Live True uh, question. We're going to do a question, not a whole segment. Um, and I'm just going to say this is brought to you by Alec Bradley because I do want to keep the time to the panel here. All right. There's no wrong answer to this question. Okay. I'm just curious what everyone's opinion is. There's three items that have been invented maybe in the last 150 years. I want, in your opinion, to tell me which is the most important of the three. Is it a telephone? Is it a television? Or is it the personal computer? Uh, I'll go. Yeah, there's no wrong answer on this one, by the way. I'm just curious. I, I would go I would go with my Apple iPhone because it acts as a computer as well. And I don't know <laughs> what I would do okay. if I didn't have it. And when I can't find it, I freak out. So I'm going with my iPhone. Okay. And it's interesting because like that's kind of what drove a little that is did the phone drive that into a computer device or did the computer device drive it into a phone? It's it's kind of interesting. That's kind of where I was going with some of that. So I actually don't know where tubes and toilet paper come into play. <laughs> Separate question. We're, we're, we're off the toilet paper. tubes. We're like, I would say toothpaste room. would be tubes. Yep. All right, I'm off. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I expect that. I, I agree with the personal computer. Yeah. Because it drove, it drove what the phone eventually became. Yeah. And the TV, I could do without TV unless I want to watch you know, Ted Lasso or Yellowstone or something like that. But the person the TV with news, about forget about yeah. that. Yeah. But you can watch TV on your computer or your phone. Yeah. So in a way, they obsoleted the TV. So yeah. then the personal computer wins. Okay. Abe? Well, I literally got asked this last night on the HBTC guys. Hands down the biggest invention in our lifetime has to be the smartphone, but the smartphone stems from a personal computer, right? There's mm -hmm. no smartphone without a personal computer. Right. So the fact that the personal computer came out, which ended up developing today's smartphone, because it's not only changed the world, it's changed how we live, how our kids interact, how we communicate, um, made the world that much smaller where now you could FaceTime people across the globe that before you know you couldn't connect with so easily um so to answer that in a logistical fashion the personal computer has to be the most relative invention of our time i think that's the easiest answer i yeah i would disagree i, with those I was i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna disagree i think it's the television hmm. the television the television has shaped well, I, I think I know where you're going to go with this, Aaron, when I, once I give my answer. But, like, the television has shaped the national fabric and international fabric of, like, society and life over the last hundred years like nothing else has seen. Like, we, it, it literally changed – it literally changed the outcome of a presidential election. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to digress and, and agree with, with Bear because he's, he's putting it together so well. Um, the – I th think to like to le to Les's point of that, like what the what the iPhone is is a combination of like your answer, Abe, and it, but it all to me it all kind of started like while the while the telephone is the earliest, and obviously Aaron's going to disagree, and I'd love to hear his answer here in a second. But while the 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 iPhone is a combination of all three, but it it exists because of our fascination with our our fascination with the visual, which is the screen, which is, goes back to television. And that the I think it's the single most important 
like out of this three in this discussion, I think it's the thing, single most important invention out of those three. Aaron, I'd love to, I'm, I'm really eager to hear your answer on this. So I, I think it's the telephone. And the reason being is that because before the telephone, you had the telegraph, right? And it was a very uh, tight uh, way of being able to communicate. So you had to have someone that could work the telegraph on one end and one that could work it on the other end, right? So you couldn't just do it on your own. When the telephone came to be, People could communicate very easily, very quickly, right? And it was just a mass ability. Obviously, you only had limited ones to start, but it became this widespread thing that everybody had a telephone in their house, and then you can communicate with anyone you want wherever they were at. It also was the basis for being able to have a computer at your house to get onto the internet, because if the telephone wasn't invented, you wouldn't have that mm -hmm. network of capability to be able to do all that stuff. So the tele telephone kind of was the basis for the the internet, which is why people think computers are useful because it's the internet. It's not the computer itself. You know, somebody has a computer at their house that doesn't have any connectivity is not going to be all that, you know. Well, gosh darn it, Aaron. Functional. Sorry. That, that's, that's <laughs> I, I, I'm now changing my answer again. Right, right, well, I really think it was the caveman who created the wheel. Because exactly. the wheel that's true. Yeah. led to people being able to move. <laughs> it's the person yeah. that created the copper wire. It, that's who it was. The copper I mean, wire. Yeah. All right. There we go. Yeah, now I feel <laughs> stupid. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, it's interesting. I had phone as well because I think it just changed the entire way we communicated. The phone led to the radio. The radio led to the television. And the television, I think, was a key part of how a personal computer came because actually I'm old enough to remember some working with punch cards. So I mean, so, I mean, so I do remember working while, with, while, like, the phone, while the phone was relative to everything else happening, the phone provided a service and everything. Computers uh, created a world uh, that wasn't just hey, here's a way to talk to people. People changed how they functioned, and then mm -hmm. which eventually that the phone because there's a level of impact each invention has, and the level of impact. The smartphone eventually has, with once again let off from the computer, is it, it's been astronomical, affected not just elections, schools, televisions, broadcasting, how we organize our daily lives, how we plan our health, our biorhythms, girls and their menstrual cycles. I mean, it's just in, in, enormously insane how the smartphone has the level of impact it has is just so much massive compared to the things that led to precede it. So. But you just said the key word. Menstrual the cycle? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, phone. Menstrual cycle. Well, I, I think, to it, it, it's, it, I'm going to totally take this into a different direction. I don't mean to, but like it, the, the interesting thing about, about the, like from where Aaron started the conversation with like being able to communicate on a much wider spectrum you know, led to like, again, leading down the road of invention leads to this, like this visual aspect of like the television and everything. And then to Abe's point about the, the revolution of the super highway of information. I mean, like yeah. it's, it's still mind boggling to me. We have literally more information at our fingertips than at any civilization, at any course in human history. Yet, now language is reduced to again simple symbols like emojis and everything like they fucking did on caveman walls like you there's a full circle for you abe i'm bringing back the wheel argument right so like that it, it's it's an interest this is a really interesting question coop you probably didn't expect it to go so deep but like it's a really fascinating point of discussion 
And considering the fact that we're using almost basically all three inventions right now right. is also right, is also right. is yeah. also like revolutionary point. Yeah. So anyway, Philo Farnsworth created the television. It was his brother-in-law, Kiff Gardner, who actually became a, learned how to become a glass blower. Are so you reading on create... the computer? No, no he knows I know he's this. a history. This guy's a history expert. So Cliff Gardner like learned to become a glass blower so that he could make the glass tubes for Philo Farnsworth, who was like inventing the television in his backyard. So there you go. Wow. Full, full, full circle to the cigar industry. JC Newman, you know, back now, Bear, I have a question for you now, Bear. Go with all it. the knowledge that you've shared with us tonight, can you explain to us what an NFT is? I have no fucking idea. All I know is AP and Les are touching and it's going to be a phenomenal success. And that yeah. fucking $20,000 right. lighter is flying off the shelf at Smoke Inn in six months. <laughs> right. That's my bet. I know that. Uh, all right. So what I want to do is uh, last thing I just want to do, uh, and we're going to take a quick we'll, one more round, and then we have five more quick hit questions at the NFT to wrap up. Um, we have our Espinosa this day in sports history. I'm not going to do trivia tonight because I don't want to, I don't know how deep everyone. We, this is a pretty deep sports segment we do, and I just thought it would be lighter. But I am going to mention trivia. What? I want you the want, trivia. You want the trivia? I mean, give me one. Throw, okay, I'll give you a curveball. Okay, okay. All right. On this day in 1978, a famous baseball player's hitting streak came to an end. Now, the 1978. Who is that player whose streak came to an end in 1978? Roberto Clemente. That is uh, he died in 72. No, did he? Fuck. <laughs> January 1st, 73. I was my I favorite was baseball guess, player of all time. He was my, my favorite baseball player also, but I don't know enough about him. Yeah. I know he died uh, going to do a, a, a mission in Nicaragua. Managua, Nicaragua. Yes. Yeah, 78. Okay. National League or American League? National. <laughs> Here we go, Les. We're right, we're riding on you, Les, because you're it. Oh, Dude, I didn't know the tube. <laughs> Nin this, is, this is easier. This is baseball, man. This is baseball. This is easy. 78. Ted Williams? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Pete Rose. That is correct. Bingo. 40, Damn. 40, 40, I, want, I want Abe's lighter. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been. Wait, who said Pete Rose? Bear? Le or less, no, no, no. Less, less. No, less. Yeah, it, was, it was Pete Brilliant, Rose. 40, 44 well games came, came to an end today. Yep. No, I actually didn't know this. I saw it on the rundown. I actually yeah. didn't. I actually didn't know that. Yep. And then Bear, you threw a couple of just notables. I in heard he made good money on that bet too. <laughs> uh, these, uh, <laughs> these, these two, um, these two iconic black baseball players were inducted uh, into the Baseball Hall of Fame together in 1982. Hey, Aaron. There's one. One. Hey, Abe. Abe. Aaron and Willie Mays. No, Willie Mays was a few years before. They didn't really. Reggie yeah. and Darren and Frank Robinson. Reggie Jackson was actually on. Uh, yeah, Frank got Robinson. It. Let's go again, two for two. Yeah, Reggie Jackson was also, but on in, in, in a different year. So uh, three, three or four years later. So good, good, good job. Well yeah, done, nice. Les. Good job, Les. Yeah, thank God on my computer, I'm googling everything as. You did good, Abe. I don't want people to think you don't know sports. You do. Abe knows right. sports. Better than me, Abe. I'm just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> Great job on that one, though. It wasn't an easy one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Les, this, 
this national leaguer hit his national league record that's still a record for most grand slams in a career today august 1st Barry bonds no you're alive or dead he's alive still he's alive wait wait but not active playing again this national leaguer so baseball player that played in the national league on august 1st hit his uh hit his record uh making 18th career Grand Slam on this day. Willie McCovey. Boom. Boom. Bless. Damn, sick. Bless. That's sick. Bless just comes Hey, guys, through. guys, you think I sell lighters for a living? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if he was a sports guy. That's why I kind of just took it easy on I this. love it. Bristol, by the way, Bristol, Connecticut's an hour and a half from Rhode Island. <laughs> wow. Block oh, sports center. Uh, wow. So I should say this was our Espinoza this day in sports history sponsored by Espinoza Cigars, makers of awarding brands such as Espinoza 601 and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinoza, smoke Espinoza every day. Wait, you need uh, audio give Eric a little bit more time. Bro, what was bro, the other bro, question bro, you were going to ask? Oh, I'm gonna. I think when Eric comes on the show and we're, we're working on that, uh, he's gonna be. I'm gonna hit him with the kitchen sink. Let me tell you. you he you get uh, some audio bites of Eric for this oh. thing. Oh, oh, he's like, bro, yeah, I want to be bro. a ball, a ball yeah. You know, uh, we're, yeah. <laughs> uh, bro, that ball. is incorrect, bro. Oh, yeah, that's what he'll do, too. We're going to throw the kitchen sink at him yeah, on yeah. that show. I can tell you that. Uh, I, all right. All right, so uh, last segment, we'll get into five five uh, more rapid-fire questions to wrap it up here. So There's but, nothing rapid about what we're doing. I, <laughs> This is fat. I'm not going four hours, guys. Unless you guys want to go four hours. So. Well, hey, Pete, you didn't fall asleep, which is a good thing. Yeah, I didn't fall asleep. Really either, good. That, you that Vietnamese, Vietnamese coffee. coffee. You, you fucking cheated, Coop. I know. Yeah. From like, enhancing drugs. That's why, yes, yeah. why my hands were moving around before. It's, all right. Pete, Pete Johnson's living on a dream right now and staying awake, man. You cheated with your fucking Vietnamese coffee. Be... <laughs> all right. Let me get into the uh, last round. You're just of... dreaming of Portofino right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I mentioned J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America for four generations, 128 years. J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 113-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Overhaul, J.C. Newman has premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American Cigar the American and the Anjo Cuesta. J.C. Newman's Pensive Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua. It's with Brickhouse, Polo de Mar, El Batuan, Corm, and Yago cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, Newman's founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, uh, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas cigars. You can try the Casa Cuevas and the Cuevas Reserva line, as well as the latest release, the Sangre Nueva, and see for yourself. If uh, your retailer doesn't carry it, be sure to ask for Casa Cuevas cigars. Casa Cuevas cigars from our casa to yours. And this is our industry deliberation segment, uh, which will be devoted to more NFT talk. Sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. 
And there's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included eight consecutive top three appearances on the Half-Wheel Consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mi Carita Tricky Traca and 2022 with the Mi Carita Black Saka Khan. Visit DTC Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. All right, five questions, guys, on these NFTs. Hey, for Bear and Aaron, I, I nixed the first question, just so you know. Oh damn! Um, I I didn't think it was I, I it was really the pricing and I didn't want to touch it so I think it would I don't want to you know influence anything with that so let me kind of go let me kind of ask this we, first question we have no basis to be able to influence people well more habits. well Abe Abe since Abe's offering it I think it's a little it would have not been appropriate but, sure yeah so but let me now ask I'm a question curious. now I'm curious Coop, Coop's getting want, inappropriate now. you want me to say it and if you if you can't answer it don't answer it then. I had yeah, an over I had an over under for the average price of the NFT. And I'll I'll give you the over under and you could tell me if it's gonna be over or under or choose to pass on this. I just didn't want you feeling you were influenced in the pricing, which is why I nixed it. You want to ask me what an over under is? Is that what you want? I'm gonna to I'm gonna give you a number and you tell me if the average price of the NFT will be over that number or under that number. I'll answer that question. Okay, you guys are fine with it. Let's do it. All right, so the price, the average price I put in there, guys, was eighty thousand dollars. Way, way under. Way yeah, under. I knew Pete. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm setting myself up for failure. I'll just tell you outright, as a retailer, I'd be willing to bid over. Okay. I've already kind of figured out what the annual return is on this kind of okay. project would be. That's why I was a little hesitant to ask it. I no, probably should have checked it before, but yeah, it is what it is. Okay, as a as a retailer, that's not that wouldn't be my top line. Okay, number. Sh- Sean Miles actually said over two. Well, Les, how about you? Uh guys, I'm. You know, this isn't my cup. Of, well, put it this way: the lighter is twenty grand. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I'm going. I'm uh, eight. I'm going with the over. Okay. I'm going to ask my esteemed colleagues here. $80,000 over or under. Your honor, Aaron. Uh, I will say slightly over. Damn. We're talking average on the seven, right? Or average on the seven. On the, six. Or average on the six. On the six. On the six. So if There's it goes $80,000 and one cent, that, that you win. That's how it works. Yeah. If you go eighty thousand, you you don't cover it. You have to you have to kind of go over or under it. See, I think. Th- I mean, this is why Abe's successful because he overthinks everything and he's looking at the average price of return. I think more people are going to buy with emotion with this, and I think it's an over. I think it's more of an emotional buy, especially if we get if there's a consumer group or two that gets together, they're fucking dropping some coin on it. So I say it's over. Like possible. forming a corporation at a blackjack table. <laughs> yeah, literally. But maybe, maybe we'll get Eric Espinosa to bid on one. Hey, look, I've, <laughs> Pete, I've told you. Look, I've told you this story. I was standing next to Tracy Spence at Michaels when we were on the Unlucky Thirteen, and I had a guy. We had a guy from the UAE call and say, "Hey, well, I want to buy a box, a dress box of the of the Jason." send it to me. And he's, and Tracy said, "No, I got to take care of my customers here." He's like, "So if I show up in the store, he'll buy, I can buy it." He's like, "Sure." The guy let drop like hung up the phone, got no. on a plane, flew. You know where Michaels is, Pete. DFW yeah. flew into DFW, got over to Michaels, bought the box, went back to the airport, and flew back to the UAE. That's why eighty grand is the over. Damn. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, look, all I could do is tell you my opinion on what I as a retailer would put a value on it based on return. But yeah, you can't you can't judge emotional buying like that. And if anybody wields that kind of draw from fans and consumers, it's Pete Johnson. Yeah. Um, Abe, if if you if I was asked this question a year ago, okay, when you first told me about this, it would have been the under. I think it's going to be over. I'm not saying about them like Aaron. I don't think it's going to be excessively over, but I think you're going to be in that that go eight eighty thousand range. But but a year if ago, you gave I, if you gave me sixty, I would have said over. But it's interesting. I I probably I'm, I'm super. I'm 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 just one of these guys that likes to like second guess myself constantly. So <laughs> yeah. I just look at it mathematically myself as a retailer. If I had to bid on this, what's the number I'd say, okay, this is what I would pay. And after that, somebody else's NFT. And that number is over that number. All right. So let me go to the next question because it kind of dovetails off this one. This is the one I was talking about that I was going to talk about now. So there's six NFTs out there. Over under that four of those NFT owners are retailers. And the four is a key because I'm saying you have to be more than four to be well, well, You're basically more saying than, five of them will be in, uh, five of them. Yeah, five of them. Or yeah, it has to be five of them. Basically. I say over. You say over. I'm gonna go over on that one. Over. Yep, it's over. There's a there's a few consumers that I know that I uh, think if you get one consumer that are super interested, but uh You're right. I I'm think say, this is like Abe. I think it's a retailer play, for sure. I'm but gonna it say, could be. Here's the caveat: it could be a few consumers working with a retailer. That's true. Which is be. great because now they're working with their their local brick and mortar, which is really cool. It is cool, and I and listen honestly, as a consumer, either you're gonna have to be like really have a shitload of discretionary income, um, for something like this, or. You're one of these consumers, and we all know them who make a living and doing very well in the secondary market, and would you know could easily pay off as an investment. But I think five, I think to expect maybe one consumer to get this would be a lot. I want to say to push it for to push. I'm going to say it's a push it for meaning that four four retailers do it. I think you hit the line, Coop. Like that was like if you had said three, I think it's a more interesting question. No, I would, like, yeah, it don't be great, but I think four. I think four, and and I'm being conservative, but I could easily see it going over too. I forgot I could use a push. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that, that's why I kind of I kind of did it a little tricky with that one. All right, here's the ne- third question: Does six NFT now? You may have to. Less this may be a little tougher for you because I don't know how much you followed the Lafleur NFT. But of the six auctions that are going to happen, which auction is going to command the most value? Will it be the first one to get that number one? Or will it be the second, maybe, or, or the third, the fourth, or the last? So I believe with the LaFleur, the last one topped everything. Correct. So Really? Yes, yeah. the last one topped everything. And that's that would be my reason for picking the last one, because you, don't, you have no more shots at that point. You have no more shots at that one. That was a... Uh, that was uh, my my feeling too. So I, I had that as well. Um. So that was uh, basically the. Um, I'll just read you the floor numbers real quick. NFT one went for eighty five thousand. NFT two went for seventy eight. NFT three three and four both went for ninety. NFT five went for ninety two. 
NFT six went for eighty one, and NFT seven went for ninety eight. Holy shit! Okay, I, I don't even remember seeing those numbers. So that's <laughs> they're, 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 because they're, they're, didn't it start at sixty or somewhere around that? More, or no, it was at thirty, and then it would go, it go up to sixty pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And then there was one that held low for a while, and then because a couple of people there was very strategic when they were making it. It was the second to last one. It was the second to last one. And to yeah. Aaron's point, everyone went all in on the last yeah. one because it was the last opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Coop, just so I know, was the LaFleur uh, buy, did anybody get it twice? Yes. 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 I think the first two went to the same the first two went to the same person. And that person was trying to get all of them. Yeah. Holy crap. And then some heavy hitters came in at number three. Well, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense if someone wants to control the market. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But here's the downside. This is where I come in with my skepticism. <laughs> right. Abe owns number seven, so they can't control the market. Mm-hmm. No, but that's, yeah, they can't, although they can take, I mean, theoretically, one of Abe's competitors, right? And I'm not using that in a bad way. One of Abe's competitors could buy six of these and be selling more to them than Abe. You know, so, I, I don't care because at the end of the day, right? You know, you're still exactly. I, I get who it. has it? My allocation is sold every year. It's That's, a win-win yeah. for you. It's a win-win. I'm going for you. into it psychologically. My 60 boxes are already gone for year mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So who cares who has it? Look, yeah. he's yeah. already this done the math. This is a tricky <laughs> question from the floor, and I'm just going to jump in here uh-huh. because there's a couple of different variables, right? You already jumped in, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's unique art. Some people will be attached True. to the art, which we, which we might be a slight motivator, right? Good point. Uh, what number are, is the hand? Is it three or four? Three. The hand. Four is three. The hook right there, the one behind me. Dude, I, I love number three. So, yeah, like Pete, some people are going to be attached to a specific piece of art and may be willing to want to bid more. Two is if we finalize this, and I'll know in the next week, um, being able to say that I have box one through 15 gives a lot more added value to the earlier ones. Um, because four years from now, when box number 2500 is out there, this guy could literally say, Listen, I'm gonna be honest, if I'm, if I'm number one, if I'm number one and I got box one through 15, those never see the light of day. I box those up and stuff those away for about five years, you know? So um, there's an added value to that if that ends up coming to fruition. And there's always that finality of the last one, like Aaron said, of they know there's not another chance. So every strategy that you had or every desire that you had, if you had a particular one you liked and you didn't get, all that shit goes out of the window. And if you want one, that last one's your last chance. So it's hard to tell which which way it's going to go. I still think it's gonna be the last one too. Like people are gonna realize what they're missing out on. But it's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think of the art people as being a variable here. Yeah, wait, wait for Abe to make it more complicated. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's fun. That's gonna be what's fun. Well, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun really watching these auctions. That's why I think it's gonna be really cool about it. Um, all right. This is, I guess, more of an Abe question number four. He's probably going to hate me, and you guys will hate me for asking this. If this NFT is a big hit, would you do it again? For me personally? Yeah. I don't think there's another cigar in our portfolio that really would hold the weight. Okay. I mean, I don't think there's nothing I could 
attach myself to to do this again. Interesting. It's, it's going to lead into the fifth question then, but I'll ask the fifth question to Pete then. Okay, Pete, the fifth question. If there wasn't an anarchy, would be another tattoo eye product this could work for? I, I can actually think of a couple. But no, it's not I, an I, I can tell you. I can tell you that that Carney, who I love, Carney, he said, "If you want to do an if you want to do an NFT, come to me. We'll we'll do a monster NFT." That was my so uh, Carney, Carney. <laughs> that was mine. It would totally work. Carney's that, all over this. Yeah, yeah, Carney's I, all over this. And I and I looked at I actually looked at Carney. I said, "Nah." I'm good with the uh, with the anarchy one. <laughs> I, I I was thinking the uh, the Frank would probably be the one too of all of them. Um, or you could do a collect or, or monster collecting. But yeah, the monster would absolutely have been the one to come to mind on this. Um, oh yeah, I mean uh, I mean if I did the haunted house, which I've talked about for years, that no one's actually probably not a lot of people have heard about. But if I did actually the haunted house, where it was literally a giant coffin humidor with with all 13 monsters in the in the coffin humidor then yeah maybe but it's it's really not my thing in the sense of like i still don't understand what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) oh you do a humidor like a haunted house 14 rooms and you have a monster in each of the rooms Actually, thirteen. I was thinking the creature would be fourteen. Well, yeah, yeah, we could we could add the creature that that's the the pale horse, right, Dave? Right, right. Interesting. Ultimately, yeah. I'm going to have to have a guy like Abe to, to really do all the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. All right, guys. That's uh, I kept you guys hopefully not too late, but I want to. Um, Aaron Bear, anything else before we wrap Keep up? Me later, dude. I still have twenty minutes on this cigar. <laughs> that's the after show. That's the after show. <laughs> that's the after show. We'll have, yeah. Um. All right. So I want to first of all, I want to thank uh Pete, Abe, and Les. Les, great having you on as well um really good friend to us over the years and uh thanks for all the uh what you've done too for the industry as well um a couple programming notes to wrap up tomorrow uh we're going to do primetime special edition on wednesday uh nielsen ben bear and myself we're going to do the, the final recap our team observations of the trade show so it's going to be more a lot more cigar centric we'll be talking about it we'll be going through our top five lists and all that um as a side note, Pete, I think La Union was the star of the of the um, show. By the way, I I, I absolutely, I I, I know I know I kind of took a little while to get it right, but I'm telling you that was absolutely the star of the show, in my opinion. Uh, well, was, you know, it's funny show. that you say that because uh, you know, someone mentioned to me like, "Haven't you guys been doing a collaboration for the last 20 years?" <laughs> I go, yeah, technically, we have. <laughs> yeah, you have, but I think when you see that presentation, it it was it was it blew, blew me away. I was like, "Wow!" I yeah, that. and and honestly, thanks to Abe and his work with the Zycar Perfect Cut, it's in there. The the La Union uh, will actually have a Perfect Cut in the humidor when it finally releases sometime next year. Yeah, that was nice. So yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about all those things uh, tomorrow at the trade show, um, and then uh, next week uh, we'll be back. Primetime will be back on Thursday, and not to leave quality importers out of the uh, show tonight, but we will have um, a very special guest from Quality Importers. I don't think he's done a lot of interviews before, so uh, Aaron and I, I think, I'm pretty excited. I don't. I told Aaron I'm excited about interviewing Michael Giordano, who's the CEO of oh, cool. uh, Quality Importers. Oh, right on. Very cool. So, yeah, I think that's uh, – I got a chance to meet him at the trade show, and 
uh, when I suggested the idea, it was like, let's do it. And then I was shocked how fast they wanted to do it. So uh, he, he uh, very, I, I, I really uh, enjoyed talking to him. So I think it's going to be a great show. So uh, before, before we go, I just want to say one thing real quick. First off, thanks to Les, Pete, uh, the awesome people over at Quality for all your help in, in putting this epic project together. Thanks to all three of you guys here today for letting us voice this out and talk to people. Uh, if anybody wants more information, please visit Um, There's a website there that shows all the NFTs, the utility packages, and there's a link to join a Discord channel. Um, and this is a channel made up by people who are interested in this NFT offering. Pete and I are both in that group. So if you have any questions and stuff, and the Eureka people are in the group, the people handling the auctions. So they have a guide that can help any retailer or consumer who's interested in this NFT to know how to set themselves up um, to be involved in this process. So um, just go to tatuaienergy.com and you can see everything. You can join the Discord channel there, which both Pete, I, and the Eureka people handling the auction are all in that discussion chat. So thank you. I can't, okay, but I just looked at it. I That's a great job. You kind of laid it out there. Um, so it's nice. It has a history of the project, kind of what we talked about, and thank shows you. all the artwork. So really a uh, good job on that. Yeah, I just took a look at it now. So yeah, I think yeah. Uh, definitely take a look at that. And the Discord channel is really a key place for anybody who's really interested because I didn't know crap about how to do this or how to auction. And literally when I was prepping auctioning for the La Floor thing, um, being involved in that Discord chat was actually a help to learn how to prep myself. Because if you do actually win an NFT, you have to know how to store it and get it. And they walk you through that whole process. So anyone who's really interested in this project, a great place to go is to join the Discord chat, which you can find the link right on tatuaienergy.com. Yep. All right. Uh, Bear, Aaron, Les, Pete, Abe, thank you guys again so much. That's going to wrap up Primetime Episode 277 into the Annals of History for Tuesday, August 1st in all the time zones. We'll catch everybody next time. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. Thanks to our audience as well, and we'll see you soon. See you guys. Peace.